People who you podcast with, you're just thrown together with, really. You don't choose them. And often, all you've got in common is that you sit talking around the same 30 minutes of quotes for eight hours a day. So sometimes, when there is some people who you have a connection with, yeah, word and blog was a light in my life. But to be honest, I never thought it was going to have a happy ending. You know, once word and blog ends, I'm not dead. I'm still alive. <laughs> And come back in 10 years. <laughs> what are you talking about that, Come back in 10 years. I could be a YouTube star with my own show, you know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got there in the end. My God, that was, uh, that was a long one, Danny. Suitable. <laughs> 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 <Well, laughs> it's the last, last episode. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I never thought I'd hear myself say this, guys. But hello and welcome to the final episode of the Wern and Blog podcast. The podcast dedicated to discussing and reviewing the UK edition of The Office. Now, my name's James, and with me to discuss part two of the Christmas special, he was a commander in the militia wing of the ANC, and so they locked him up for sabotage and conspiracy to overthrow the government, it's Danny. Well, <laughs> no, it's just an old black. <laughs> and in a battle situation, he always comes up the rear, it's Jack. It's nothing worse than an old podcast. <laughs> and for those of you who like him or care, it's Seth. James, why don't you fuck off home with your pregnant, you dozy cow? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were going to go with James. Why don't you fuck off? Yeah, there's two similar quotes. Well, the quotes there. That's good. I like it. Probably why those two quotes get on. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go, guys. With thirteen episodes down in yeah. the bag, and it's here I can't on. believe it. The stage is set for the grand finale. Yeah. What have we got in the pipeline, though? More of these, more podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, what? yeah I, kind of, I said it's the final episode, but obviously we've got a couple of specials in mind, so don't fear, listeners, yeah. if you've suddenly had a panic there when we said that, that you know, we've, we've got a bit of a plan. Yeah, don't click unsubscribe once you finish listening to this. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. don't instantly click. Yeah. Well, tell your friends, if anything. He said just come out yeah. of the podcast. What, that's it, is it? Welcome, one and blog. Feeling? More of these. <laughs> Why don't we just podcast it? <laughs> <laughs> I have things yeah. to say if people would listen, but they won't. Get us on Parky. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. So, yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I hope you guys are feeling Christmassy because obviously this is the Christmas special. Oh, yeah. Snowing outside, <laughs> we're in our log cabin, we've got yeah. presents all around us. Deliberately kept the Christmas tree the Christmas oh, tree in the good. corner. But what a Christmas present we got for you. And what a Christmas present <laughs> Gervais Merchant had for us mm. on the 27th of mm. December. Again, it was late. 2003. But, you know. I mean, it was just after. I always, I, I, I never like, I never like it when Christmas specials are after Christmas. But, it was. but it's during Christmas because Christmas is actually from the twenty fifth of December to the sixth of January. That is the twelve days of Christmas. So technically, it was on day three of Christmas. Yeah, but when I was up. younger, look it up. But, uh, the day yeah, after, it comes, it comes <coughs> out in that dead space between this is when the thing, Christmas I always, is finished. I always, that's when Christmas I, TV is generally. Yeah, on, but I always so. wanted my Christmas specials to come before Christmas Day. This is the thing. It comes in that dead space between when Christmas is over and you've still got your pile of presents sitting there. But, you, but yeah. everything's winding down and it's kind of, it's not, it's, you know, it's quite depressing that little, that little period. So maybe it was kind of like a, a nice uplifting treat to have it after Christmas. I can't remember because I can't remember seeing it at the time. I remember. I remember sitting in my front room with my parents and my brother watching uh, the Office Christmas specials. I find it an uplifting period because Christmas is over for another bloody year and it's a pain in the arse. <laughs> Do you know oh, that's, just, that's just me. Oh, I love Christmas. So when The Office came out with a Christmas special, that was like, oh, I, knew, I knew it was going to be brilliant. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we're going to discuss this later, though. Is it the happy ending too much? Is it too unoffice like? Because my no, gut, I love rea- it. I my love gut it. reaction when I first saw it was, "Oh my god, this is too happy for the office." The thing yeah. I love about this is that it literally shatters every preconception we've had about the office before. Right? We've said in the last podcast and a few before that we know what to expect. We've been conditioned to expect the worst from the plot, from our characters. Mm-hmm. We've expected. We've we've been conditioned to expect the least from them. Right? Tim's the kind of guy that would never grasp the nettle. Danford Brent's the kind yeah. of guy who would never stand up to Finchie. But actually, in this episode, we realise that actually, contrary to what we thought previously, there are heroes in this office. There are people that are going to stand yeah. up and go for it. And that's why this episode's so great. I think it, it needed they, that It needed that sentimental ending. And I think that yeah. had, had it ended on a downer, maybe hardcore fans and kind of like, you know, more discerning fans like us might have still liked it. Mm. You know, people like maybe more more simple dark ending. But it wouldn't have become the classic that it has for fifteen continuous years oh, without that sentimental ending. Because you need that to kind of to, to to go over that hurdle and become a national treasure. You need to kind of give something yes. for everyone. And you that, need to gratify your audience. This is the right, thing. That's yeah. what's cemented. You don't. Need to, you can't just gratify a small. This tied everything together. For me, this is the episode yeah. where this show became went from a great show to the best show. And it went from being a cult show to a huge kind yeah, of mainstream, like I said, yeah. a, a national treasure. Because they happy they, everyone who watches it now knows it's building up to a happy ending. So all the dark things, they can force themselves through because pretty much everyone knows Dawn and Tim get together at the end. And spoiler so, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, so even people who are new to, new to it or people who, when they watched it for time, thought, I don't know, I've heard it's so cringy and awkward, I just can't possibly do it. Mm. When they were told, Oh, don't worry. Like, there's a happy ending. I think people kind of force themselves through it, and that's why now yeah. it's such a classic. They didn't overdo it either. Like, um, it's not like sort of uh, Brent skips off into the sunset with his girl. He just gets a little bit of an open door yeah. of opportunity yeah, yeah. of like for a potential happy ending for him. But you can imagine that any way you want. It's you know Tim and Dawn. Yeah, it's the gratifying payoff. But everything else is left just sort of slightly unsaid. Just a little ray of hope for Brent, and I really mm-hmm. like that because we like Brent, right? Of course, it's really yeah. uplifting to yes, see we that. Do. Before we move on, uh, James, I just wanted to say <laughs> you you were saying that there was um, you were saying that the ending was a bit of a surprise for people because the the office had preconditioned you mm, not, yes. not to believe in um, happy endings. Yes, but do you guys remember the story at the time in summer two thousand and three? The script got leaked. Yes, I do, because yes. I listened to the XFM podcast. Yes. I don't remember that. I well, about that. I, I, I remembered it when I was doing kind of like a bit of research for this episode, and it suddenly it all came flashing back to me. The episode, the script was supposed to be sent to Ricky Gervais's house, yep. or, or at some kind of BBC executive's house. Yep. It was accidentally sent to some random woman. Yep. And she oh, then really? sold it to to the to, 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 to one of the one of the tabloids, That's yeah, right. who leaks all of the plot points. But well, I think, I'm lucky I, I didn't find that tabloid. But don't forget that yeah, the Sunday papers, the Sunday papers obviously came out on Sunday. But the XFM pod, uh, <laughs> broadcast was broadcast on a Saturday. Yeah. So they implored for all of the fans not to read the Sundays and to try and keep it a secret. But to be fair, I think a lot of people did. Yeah. I, I mean, I never knew about it. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I didn't know about it till today. But they got some of the details wrong. I don't know whether they changed it. I mean, if they did change it, it's for the better, and I'll explain why soon. So I don't know whether. Yeah. They, they changed the episode because of the leak because they, I mean this this tabloid pretty much ran through the whole script or whether the tabloid what? What? just really quickly read it That's and had to, a shitty thing to do whether the tabloid writer just really quickly read it and just had to write up a kind of little um, expose on the episode really quickly because they they got the impression that the baby was actually Dawn so obviously they they, they, they either misunderstood oh, well, they it up, then, or, yeah. or the story was changed but 
all of the other details are pretty much there. So yeah, what an absolute kind of like <coughs> arsehole move for those tablets. Yeah. But it goes to show, yeah, it, it was almost fucked up for the whole nation. I feel, I feel less guilty about it moving to a paperless world now. These uh, tablets are going to get fucked over in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it almost got fucked up for everyone straight away, but lucky it didn't. Lucky it didn't for me, that's the main thing. All right. So you're okay, few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this episode picks up exactly where the last one left off, and it reminds us straight away that Brent has gotten a ticking clock, and he's got to get his dates for the party. Sorry, it's a clever conceit for this episode to have that ticking clock kind of thing. You know, mm. Brent, is he going to get to the party with a date? And Neil's in maximum smug, on a, smug mode from the beginning. I think this is the first time I've, I felt Neil was a real prick to Brent. Before, he's just kind of like, he's warranted in what he does before, I would mm. say. But this, for the first time, I actually think Neil goes over the line and reveals maybe his true colours. I don't know what you guys think about it, if it is his true colours or not. And yeah. the, the thing is, he doesn't have to see David Brent day to day now, so he doesn't work with him anymore, so he doesn't have to, like, you know, pretend to be nice to him. Yeah, this he can, be as, he can be as nasty to him as he wants, and this is what he does when he can be as nasty as he wants. And also, these Christmas specials, yeah. Especially these Christmas specials, but especially this um, this second half, mm. they kind of they've got so much plot to rush through. They kind of Finchie and Neil get a bit of a short, and Gareth actually all get a bit of a short straw, and they kind of have to just be dealt in really broad strokes. And so Neil basically just becomes, which is total I mean, bastard. Well, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's been nuanced in in series two, but in these Christmas specials, they, they basically just, just they have to boil him down to real broad yeah. strokes, and basically just. Arsehole, who's the literally he's an anti, he's a baddie. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think that the, the extremes they go to are unwarranted in terms of the character, though. Think about what, like we said last week, he's just been he's just sued this company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he rolls back yeah, in and expects to be greeted with the fucking red carpet at the Christmas party. But this is the be- this is the beauty of the office, right? Is that because they've spent series one and series two giving us so much nuance that even when you can see the uh, the the, the cog showing and we can see the kind of the, the work mm. the writing work and we can see that they're clearly having to rush through the plot and give characters like Neil a bit of a short strip in this episode we can you know we can give them a bit of leeway because yes they've done so much groundwork well the thing about this piece with the, the, the having to get a date we've talked about it so many times about how he's so neurotic and sexual with the sexual stuff you know how he you can't even admit fancying a girl in this scene Gareth <laughs> says well, look at those and he's like yeah she's got a good personality do you know what I mean he can't yeah. even be a bit of a lad with Gareth he's so Tight, you know, he needs yeah. a good. What he needs is a bloody good shag. Shag. Cow might, cow might bloody have to now. I'll see you later. But speaking of that, look at those. Yeah. I was listening to the to the commentary on the DVD episode on the DVD last night, which is sadly the only director's commentary that Gervais Merchant have done for an episode is the part two of the Christmas special. Mm. Apparently, Mackenzie Crook actually drew drew little boobs on that picture. Oh, really? When he to try and make Gervais laugh. Um, but yeah, so this this scene very kind of efficiently and concisely gets us into the kind of mechanics of the episode and the yes. plot, which is this ticking clock. Brent has to get a date before the end of the episode. Mm. Otherwise, you know, the world will explode. That's the nuclear bomb of this yeah, episode. Exactly, like yeah. And that sets up his first blind date of the episode. He's got oh, three. Man. The dates. blind dates are incredible. Yeah. They are. This first one is absolutely spectacular as well because he, he just can't get it right. You know, he just the first thing he does is point at her chest and says, oh, it's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great because it's the first time we've seen him in a kind of in a date scenario we've talked a lot on this podcast about his his issues with sex and sexuality from women and, and just and whether or not he's a virgin and blah 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 but this is the first time in 14 episodes we've seen David Brent uh, in a dating scenario in like a scenario outside the That's office true. where he's got to interact with a woman and I reckon except for the second date which is a fucking shit show I reckon he doesn't do too badly in this first in this first um, no it's a woman and 
and, and she's in this first day. I, remember, I actually watched this with my sister, right? And she's normally quite into feminist stuff, but even she actually had to say, yeah. she had to say, <laughs> take your bra off. Yeah, she, she had to say, like, she said, <laughs> actually, this seems like a really awkward, annoying woman. No wonder she's single. That was her verdict on Jeff Mama's breast woman. I wasn't being nude, but I was, no, I'm just interested in breasts. <laughs> no, um, anthropology, sort of all that sort of what signals we give off. I'm not giving off any signals. No, well, no, we all are. Do you want a starter? No, let's go straight to the main course. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, 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 she's a proper trick. Yeah, she's a kind of yeah, yeah. 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 She's the kind of woman that goes on these dating sites and probably says, like, all men are awful and blah, blah, yeah. blah, yeah. while not looking at her own glaring faults, which were bloody she obvious. She's a bit, <laughs> a bit moody and a bit... I mean, you can't be like that on a date. Well, and she, he couldn't have taken her to the party. It'd be like that at the no. party. <laughs> Imagine if he'd gone yeah, like, you know what? Fun. There's yeah. a split second where I think between... So he's looked down at his menu and she just looks up at him and sighs and then looks down again and you yeah. think, well, if that was me, I'll just say, right, bollocks to this. Let's just yeah. go, call it a day. Yeah, Especially when she's look. like, yeah, let's yeah. have a start, let's go straight to the main Yeah, I'd say, well, fuck it then. I would have said, yeah, exactly. Like he does in the second episode. You don't want to start yeah. love, you're not having a fucking point. I, would, I wouldn't have so. This day reminds me of a date that I went on, actually. Yeah, I actually yeah. empathised with Brent quite deeply when I watched this scene. When I first came to Spain, I, I there was a, it was an online date, actually, from Tinder and I'd obviously lied about how good my Spanish was and she'd obviously lied about how good her English was. And it was just such an awkward day, and the whole time I was sitting there thinking of that scene, thinking... <laughs> Duck pate. And every time I watch that scene, I just know what it's like to die in a ditch on a date like that, and it's fucking horrible. So yeah. I feel like we're there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad I've, I've never been on a Yeah, me too, man. So I must have, I've yeah, so I looked over with Deanna. I, I never had to go on any I shitty would, awkward Yeah, dates. I would never. I mean, even before I went out with my, uh, my wife, I... I've, I've never been on dates. Yeah. Any Anyone I'd kind of, you know, dated, dating, you know. Well, I think it's like a thing they did on Facebook. Yeah, dating it, is something no, they did no, on Facebook. No, 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 but it, it, it's it, the thing. The internet's actually bought it back now. It was an antiquated thing that no one did, but now because of bloody Tinder and stuff, everyone's bloody doing it. Are you again. sure they're yeah, dating yeah, back? So it's actually who was it? No, no, no. There's people still the, going on awkward it. dates off Tinder. I guarantee it. Seth's just evidence. There's a TV show. Where There's evidence. It's a bizarre <laughs> old world date. It's a bizarre old world date. Yeah, but, but really the, old, the whole so ten, yeah, yeah, I think James, I think James, you and me kind of hooked up with our respective partners before this. Just, just as the Tinder thing was taken off, so we never had to sub. I just, I just, I just don't bother with it at all. So after we caught up with Brent. Uh, and his first date, we're kind of we're back in the office, aren't we? Cause, so again, like Christmas special part one, the kind of the, the the narrative is split between Brent outside of the office and Gareth and Tim and Dawn inside the office, right? Yeah, and we absolutely. go back to to the office where where Gareth also has to kind of like sum up the office half of the. Of, yeah, the, of a narrative and kind of give us a bit of exposition about that with, with Dawn coming back, right? Exactly. And the first thing he does is he comes out of his office and he makes a big announcement. Attention, please, announcement. You know, uh, Dawn's going to be coming back for those of you who know or care. I love the way he comes out and gives out a that really impotent little whistle. <laughs> like, yeah, when, yeah. The, when the whistle blows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which again, just straight away undermines his authority. But the thing it? is, he doesn't yeah. care. That's what I really okay. like about it. With Brent, when he fucks something up, he's so conscious of it and has yeah. to kind of double down. Whereas Gareth, he kind he's of... He's like a shark, he just keeps moving. He doesn't care. Yeah. He, he just washes over him. This, this whole announcement is really awkward and shit and stunted. But actually... Because he doesn't notice, nobody cares. I think Gareth's more comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But yeah, he totally is. He and that's why he always he just comes up winning in every situation yeah. he gets. He always he's a gets perfect the, personality he always, for this. He always gets the girls. He always he, he get, he's got the job he wants. Yeah. In terms of his life, he's absolutely set. He's not kind of um, Tim and Dawn both clearly kind of like wish for a better life than they already have. Right? They're constantly kind of cynical mm. about their lives. 
Brent is always kind of trying to impress other people and he's awkward about what he himself does. Gareth is just kind of like just breezes through life with no problems, right? And the, 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 one of the one of the kind of minor criticisms uh, criticisms I always had with this final episode was that <coughs> Dawn, Tim, and Brent kind of get an ending that kind of like ends their storyline, like it's all wrapped up in a nice. To an extent, no, no, I'm with you. I'm with to you. an extent, it's kind of wrapped up in a nice little package. And I always thought that Gareth kind of got the short shrift because he's always there to kind of like help out in other people's storylines, but he himself yeah. doesn't get a little capper to his like now to That's his four, to his fourteen episode narrative. But I think that's because, I mean, what could you give him? He doesn't really have. Well, he's, yeah, he's, got, he's got mates, he gets girls when he needs to, and he's got the job that he wants. When he gets the job as the boss, surely that is his happy ending. Well, exactly, that's yeah, what I'm exactly, saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got his ending in the last episode yeah. of series two, yeah. So the brilliant thing about this announcement is obviously <laughs> the the Office TV show has already gone out, so everybody knows that Tim yeah. has made this these passes at dawn, so Gareth makes sure that he rams it home yeah. uh, and mentions it. And obviously that triggers Anne, who can then say, you know, oh, I've had so many blokes who've had infatuations with me over the years. I don't know what it is about me, they like so much. Yeah. I'm racking my brains. <laughs> That's pretty a bit of passive aggressiveness from Tim. Oh, it really is. Yeah. Wouldn't you be fed up with sitting next to Anne all day? Fuck it now. I love Anne. She's she, 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 making comments yeah. like that. In my notes, I put her as annoying. Yeah, annoying. Maybe that's okay for me. But she's such a good kind of um, addition to the office. Oh, amazing. It kind of... It kind of makes you wish, oh, maybe I would, you know, it kind of makes you wish you could have seen a bit more of her, but also. We've seen enough. And like we said in, in, in our last episode of Series 2, like basically the Christmas specials, you can see them as three episodes of Series 3. So she's yeah. kind of, she's yeah. in for half a series. And also, basically. if she'd been in the other two series, where would she have fitted in? She needs centre stage on the desk with Tim. No, no, no but, 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 but I, I mean, I, I think I was more thinking like, oh, if only they'd done a full Series 3 so we could have got more of her. Oh, maybe, yeah, no, yeah. no, they could say but, that, but, though, yeah. If only, if only. I think actually that, as I said before, I think that was the plan was to do a full series yeah. three. Mm. And I actually so I decided actually, to make it Christmas. It was interesting you said that because yeah, when having had that conversation mm. when we recorded episode six of series two, I watched these Christmas specials thinking, if you how could you have stripped away Christmas, extended this to being over more than just like a week's worth of material mm. and kind of added a bit a bit more material and had this as six episodes of a series three. And I still I still think they could have, but mm. you know, it, it kinda it's so perfect in these in this mm. truncated form. This scene, before we move on, this scene starts a, li- a little subplot in this episode where Sheila has a little look over at Oliver. Yeah. And that just starts a little oh, yeah. subplot that runs through it's the episode. It's a lovely little C plot maybe. Maybe yeah, D. Very small part, but it is lovely and it's it's very sweet comes coming up towards the end. And all, all we got all we got from it before this is uh, one of the episodes is it series five or episode five or six of series two. I like blacks. I like blacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so yeah, in this Christmas special we get a little look at Oliver. For those of you who are paying attention, you remember it, and then it carries on through this episode. So yeah. So, we know Dawn's coming in, and Tim has to suddenly acknowledge this, and he's talking about it, and he kind of talks himself into it, doesn't he? Yeah. As I said, I'm not going to ask her again. Come on. I might ask her again. No, I won't. No, I won't. I know I won't. I know I won't. She would have to do the asking. I get the impression impression he hasn't had any other romances since Rachel... No, 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 he absolutely hasn't. It, it, Dawn's been on his mind for two years, and he can't just, he, he, he just can't drop it. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. first time we've seen him smile, you know, I might ask her again. Because no, he's no, just no, so I, excited. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. He's just so excited, like, the prospect of Dawn coming back. And then when Dawn does come in, 
There's a couple of eyes that she makes at him. I've got to be honest, this always struck me as like, she's kind of almost being deliberately awkward. I mean, she said in a taxi ride to the office, like, oh, you know, I'm nervous about meeting everyone. Yeah. They're just going to throw questions at me and I'm not going to know what to say. You know, I'm going to have to tell them that my life didn't turn out how I wanted. I'm going to have to tell them that I've given up drawing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But straight away, like people are going, oh, do you, want, do you want a cup of tea? And she's just like kind of being really awkward, not really responding to them. She's going like, cup of tea. Like, do you know what I mean? She? I yeah. 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 She, can I get you a cup of tea? I would love a cup of tea. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs> it's really good to see you. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't yeah, yeah. respond to them. She's <coughs> really <coughs> deliberate, <coughs> almost deliberately awkward. If you were to go back to an office, like, they're not really your friend. No, you? this is, so yeah. It's quite a weird setup. You're not really going back to see good friends again. Do you think it's she... awkward. This is the question that's just... I've ne I haven't thought about it until now. Do you think she knows... That Tim still works there because for all yeah. she knows, she could come back and Tim's. The oh, producers Tim, have told her. Tim quit. You're not. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The okay, producers right. definitely would have told her. Right. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll cut that. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut, cut me down at the knees. Sorry. <laughs> I can't open this keg. Sorry, hang on. James is struggling with the keg. He's having a little Christmas drinky. Mm -hmm. You feeling Christmassy, well, guys? Well, yeah, e nice. Everyone looking right, forward to Christmas. Get, we need to get through this a bit quicker because otherwise we're going to be very pissed by the end of it. <laughs> I'm already starting to flag a little bit. Seth, you looking forward to Christmas? Purely social. <laughs> what, you do, what are you doing for Christmas, Seth? Oh, more of these. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a little log fire drawer and we've got some old Christmas tunes on yeah, in the background. Yeah, my bit of Christmas carol's going to be on soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Dawn's come back in. Da, da, da. Oh, so one... yeah, so she, so she implores Tim with her eyes to take her back. Exactly. To, to take her to... Like, just get her out yeah, of that situation. Out of That's what those yeah. eyes say, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah, takes yeah. her... To meet the boss. He's yes. the boss. Dawn Tinsley, as I live and breathe. Uh. <laughs> Don't bloody believe this. Oh. Hi. Come here. Oh. How are you, babes? I feel like when, when Tim makes that, that comment, it goes, he's the boss. It cuts through that, uh, that tension. Yeah, oh, man. You know what I mean? It's like, let's take the piss out of Garrett. But let's I love how they've gone from two years of having not seen each other. And don't forget, this is, as Danny said yesterday, before, or last week, before Facebook, before anything like that, they probably haven't even sent texts. No, and yeah. Here we I are, don't think they've had any Two contact. years later, and they are bang, straight back into it. This as is if what, they've never been apart. This is so what I love about it. Take the piss out of Garrett. Yeah. And this is, this is what they do, isn't it? And this is the thing. Yeah, they're I, most comfortable with each other when they're taking the piss out of Gareth. Absolutely. No, but I don't think it's just they have to take the piss out of Gareth. I think what this episode does so well, and I'd forgotten about it, because in in the previous episodes of this podcast, I've I've brought up the idea of, do you think they would even make a good couple? Because they probably haven't ever socialised mm, outside true. of the office. Would they? Yeah. Do they even really know each other? They probably haven't haven't had any proper, real, intimate conversations with each other about you know their their wants and their desires and their needs, the kind of things you need to know about someone before you really commit mm. to them, right? But they spent a lot of time together. And I think this episode <coughs> really does a good job of justifying the fact that you can imagine there's going to be a good future for them because mm. they've been away for two two years. I don't think they've had any contact. I, d I doubt they've been exchanging no, emails and stuff. Yeah, Clearly. but straight away when she's back, she makes the eyes to him. There's straight away there's a connection again. And she takes him to Gareth. And I don't think it's just, oh, they're only connected through taking the piss out of Gareth. I think it's just a straight away when they're back, they're just carrying on where they left off. Mm. And I think that's so clever in letting us know and setting up for the final thing where they do walk off hand in hand. And I think it's so clever at making us as the audience realise, I think they probably are going to be okay. Because they... They just, like I said, they just they just carry on straight where they left off, and that mm. justifies the fact that you know after the, almost, it says in the beginning of the Christmas special, almost three years on, they still have that connection, 
And I think and it awakens something in Tim, doesn't it? Tim, Tim, as we've yeah. seen and her, her as well, and her. yeah, I mean her as well. When well, we haven't seen as much of her, but we've seen Tim in this environment. To have her come into his environment, he starts smiling. Yeah, he starts making fun of Gareth, and he's got and, and like, like you said, it. Seth, last week he's got someone to bounce off. There's no point in making fun of Gareth if he's the only person laughing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so that's why he's suddenly able to spring into action when Dawn comes in because she gets it. You know, all this territorial army stuff. Uh, but what was the what, what are the gags at this time? I forget. Oh, I forgot. They all merge into one, don't they? You know, looking, looking at your men, look at your men, oh, yeah. thinking they're fit. <laughs> yeah, they're fit men. Well, we have to fit. be. They have to be, yeah. <laughs> have we ever actually properly, I mean, there's not really much to analyse, but we haven't ever really talked about these kind of these gay soldier gags. Have no. We? I feel like, from watching it back, I was like, yeah, I, I think we always kind of like, kind of brushed over those scenes. No, no. I mean, just, there's not really a lot to analyse. We just need but... to do a laugh after now so that it sounds like we just want to listen to the clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that was great. That 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 one's my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So now it's time for Brent number Brent date number two. Uh, this one's technically oh. not a date. This one's more just a phone call. So it's one of his introductions, and he speaks to a woman called Gillian. Gillian, correct. Yeah, yeah. See if that comes up later. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I wonder if that's going to be a question. This is a weird one because he kind of he starts to show off his persona a little bit. Did you see? Um, a documentary that went out on BBC Two called The Office. Yeah. God, you're not that awful boss, are you? No, not the... No. What's your name? Huh? What's your, what's your name? What's my name? Or what's his name? I don't know what you want his name. <laughs> can I... Oh, no, I've just... Can I, can I call you back, Gillian? I've got a... a um, see you... Oh. What was that? She Oh! Who are you? What's your name? Too many questions. Yeah, I wonder why he does that. Because he, I mean, he he says to her, have you ever seen that show, The Office? Yeah, exactly. And then he doesn't want her to know that he's the boss. So what's he expecting? <laughs> No, no. I mean, that's I get, because she says that though. He he, he didn't expect that. That blind signs him. No, but he so also he knows. He, he, he's also well aware that he comes across badly. Yeah. yeah so exactly. why? Yeah, I, I wonder. What, she thinks he's Tim. Yeah, I wonder what he never. Yeah, I, I wonder what he thought was going to happen. She goes, "Oh, you that amazing boss, Brett." Yeah. He knows that that's not going to be the reaction because he already he's already well aware that he came across badly in the show. And then the, the other side of it is that. He's obviously had it on speakerphone. Yeah. But then he tries to pretend for the camera's sake that she was being unreasonable by asking for his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ludicrous. Who are you? What's your name? Too many questions. <laughs> Again, it's just covering for himself, you know, covering his tracks. It's a bit like when uh, the for fuck's sake woman turns up and he just like looks at the camera as if he's gonna be like, What? Like, as if as if, if the camera wasn't there, he'd just be like, Oh yeah, that's not me, and just run away. But of course he can't. Oh, that's the camera's it. Yeah, there. Yeah. I was gonna say about that. For this so next... it's another example of him just trying to double down. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that scene now. <laughs> so that, that, the blind date, the second blind date is absolutely splendid. Yeah. It really is, it really is. Because as soon as he sees it's her It's one of the funniest moments. It really is. Hundred percent. It's yeah. one of my favourite moments. Because yeah, as soon as he sees her, he's off. Oh, I feel a bit sick really, not nerves, um excitement really. Not sexual, you know. But, um, she said to be wearing a white chiffon scarf to help me spot her. So, um, oh, for fuck's sake. David? Huh? Right, okay, now I'm gonna, before we discuss it, right, this date, who's to blame for this being a shit date, guys? Brent. I think both of them. I think both of them. Because to be fair to Brent, right, she is blur. And also, she displays, she reveals herself. She just as looks obsessed and entitled as he is. 
because she complains. The first thing you know, when they ask what did you think of him, the first thing she does is get out the old picture and say that she's not he's not what I was expecting. Yeah, but once she's once she's already been blown off by him and he's gone with you, I wouldn't have thought so. Mm. I mean, well, yes, no, yes, she, you can, yes, she's a bit awkward. You can, and you also you can tell from her tone of voice. He goes, "Would you want to do this again?" You can tell from that tone of voice she also wouldn't. Yeah, but you're skipping straight to the end, right? Think about the actual content of the date. Yes, she's a bit awkward. Yes, she kind of relies on him to kind of she's drive boring. the conversation. Yeah, she's boring. But he is so <coughs> aggressively awkward about it. He's so intense. Mm. Anytime anyone walks past, he stops what he's saying. He looks at them smiling like, oh, we're not dating. She's not my wife. We're not romantically involved. Yeah. His, his back straightens up. He looks at the person walking past, smiles at them. He's so yeah, awkward that's awful. and embarrassed the entire time. But he's also... Like, I would actually say that she's willing to give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's she's over. He's almost yeah, angry yeah. at Anything's, her. Anything's he, fine for her. He's, <laughs> he's almost angry at her for not being the kind of glamorous date that he obviously no. thinks he deserves. Yeah, but but just like he wants to get get her out of the way as quick. As yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he wants. Doesn't to do. really give her time yeah. of day. <clears throat> but then he just like hurry up. The conversation's all like uh, arbitrary. It's not, none of it's real. Like so, when she says, "Oh, what's your favourite music?" Beethoven, all the big ones. Yeah. But you see, you know, that's a brilliant moment. It reminds me a bit of um, you know, a few years ago, um, who was it? Uh, Zach Goldsmith, that guy that was staying for London Mayor. Um, he was trying to act like he was all into Bollywood and they said what's your favourite Bollywood film and he couldn't even name it <laughs> this is exactly like that <laughs> because he just goes oh yeah I like all of them Yeah, <laughs> it's the same was with classical music Brent obviously doesn't know anything about classical music, so he just says Beethoven because that's oh. the first thing he thinks it's of. It's a bit partridge, isn't it? Exactly. Ooh, I think my favourite Beatles album is The Best of the Beatles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he just remembers the fact that everyone knows about Beethoven that he was deaf in one ear, and but he just recites oh. that. And then she, he kind of names totally totally deaf. He's just but like, like oh yeah. He's grin when he says, I don't think he could have you know, done any better if he could have heard what he's saying, yeah. in my opinion. No, exactly. <laughs> he, can't, he can't just hold up his hands and say, I don't really know about classical music. He has to. But he has to yeah, he's oh, really bad. so bad. Yeah. But yeah, so like you say, they wrap up, wrap up the day. Both of them agree not to see each other, and we get that brilliant picture of of Brent, Ella, uh, Michael Jackson, yeah, Steve, yeah, no, you know, the Paul, Paul McCartney, all the best, yeah, his greatest yeah. hits album cover, Lionel Richie, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's signed a picture of himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, prob- to be fair, she's agreed to go on a date based on that picture, so she deserves whatever she gets. Really. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To be honest, so, so does he. To be fair, yeah, he's clearly taken in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. Even if that picture had been legitimate and sincere what kind of guy would he have got turning up still some kind of narcissist yeah could you uh, imagine that, yeah. with hair quick <laughs> but I tell you, my, my problem with this scene right is structurally like, as it ties into the episode is so you watch this scene for the first time and you think okay this is kind of going to be Brent's downfall this is kind of this this episode and, and Gervais and Merchant as writers are going to teach Brent a lesson for being so prideful for kind of like it's trying to teach yeah, us right. it's trying to teach us but Brent shouldn't be so prideful and kind of like think that he's better than other people right Mm. But then, in the end, yeah, no, I know he saying, doesn't right? get his comeuppance because he does get yeah, someone. Yeah, who's, yeah. He does get someone who's hotter than Susan yeah, I know, I know and, 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 Mon- and Monkey Allen's date. Do you know what I mean? He, like, he spends the whole time taking the piss out of fat people, these fat women, going, "Oh, I'm better than them." And you think, "Oh, but Brent, you should lower your standards. Well, like, yeah. You should lower, lower your standards a little bit. Look at yourself." But in the end, it's like, "No, don't look at yourself." Well, actually, maybe you, you, actually. You've got maybe you shouldn't lower your standards just because she's there. What I'm being just patronising and aggressive. I'm not saying it's justified being an asshole, but. I don't think you should stop looking if what you're presented with isn't right for you. It doesn't mean he has to be rude for the whole thing. And he is aggressively no, he rude. could have been nicer on the day. Yeah, he could have just been nice. That's the thing. That's exactly. The thing. If she had been pretty, he would not have behaved like that. No, absolutely not. Of course not. No, he would have been fucking loving it. Exactly. But also, my point is that 
he doesn't get his comeuppance for for being like this. That's for true. Be, That's for true. being so prideful, he still ends up with Carol. It's because it's Christmas, though. They gave him a Christmas present. That's all I yeah, can say. Yeah, that's Yeah, he got his little, got, he got his little Christmas present. Didn't he? Yeah. So while Dawn's back in the office, she's there sitting with Tim, and she's doing a little sketch by his desk. And again, they're back to their best. They're having this chat, and Anne rolls around the corner, or sort of <laughs> rather, sort of bowls around the corner with a big pregnant belly. And Dawn Anne, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dawn Anne, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then tells her this really lame pointless, shitty anecdote that just underscores how boring Anne really is. He's talking to Mel on reception and he's chatting away and I'm listening to him. And he's talking to her for about ten minutes or so, isn't he? And then he says, Dawn, have you changed your hair? He thought she was you. He didn't realise you'd left. I laughed. I shouted out. I said, Paul, do you think that's Dawn? And he thought he was you. Extraordinary. Mm. But not only is it showing us that, yeah, oh God, fucking hell, Tim's still stuck with this kind of like inane, boring Anne, but it also ties perfectly in with the theme of the show is that Dawn's left, but no one's even noticed it, yeah. right? You, you're, you're, an auton you're an automaton in the office, right? And what's your point? What's your worth? Are you even noticed? Yeah. You leave for two years to try and start a new life. That doesn't work and you come back and no one's even noticed you're gone. Yeah, right? they've even got so, replacement. Yeah, so should you roll the dice? Do you need to take these big strikes? Do you need to take these, these, these kind of like big risks to kind of like better yourself and, mm. and you know be better your circumstances? And also in this scene, speaking of like, again, clever writing, they always, Merchant and Gervais are kind of like just kind of Keeping this train rolling with the exhibition that we need to 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 set up this, this this perfect ending that we all know is coming. This is where Tim introduces the drawing oh, yeah. that Dawn has done of him, right? Absolutely. And you need that little plot point to, to to set up the ending. So it's all this this episode is all it's all plot. Yeah, you don't you're notice right. It. Yeah, no, no, no. You because right. because again, it's still constant jokes, but it's all set up for this perfect ending. On, on the subject of coming. setting up the plot, the next scene when they're talking about the secret Santa. Yeah. Now this Again, is a wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. tool to actually get us to the point where Dawn opens that package in the tra in the in the taxi, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're doing Secret Santa, and Gareth's super excited to have uh, Trudy explain it to everybody, and you know, mm. as if the cameras have never heard of Secret Santa. Tim picks a name. Nope, not buying him one. Swaps it with Jamie. Yeah. Now, unless Jamie has swapped that with Tim, I would tell you now that Tim and Dawn would never have got together. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Yeah. So Jamie is in a way the architect. Yeah, yeah. Of this whole outcome, so you know, it, you know, you never know what what's going. Well, on. that's kind of what I meant when I said there's a groundswell of sentimentality throughout this episode. We don't, we're not sure what form it's going to take when we're watching it, but we know it's going to culminate with something. And yeah, it's lovely the way they. Yeah, watching it back, it's the kind of thing that you don't know. You didn't. I mean, I certainly didn't notice back in two thousand three when I was first watching it. But it's all just little kind of. It's like a little puzzle being put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, know Gervais yeah, Merchant yeah. knew the ending they wanted to have. And like every, pretty much every single scene, especially every single scene with Tim and Dawn, just yeah, it's kind of he's tying these little threads that you don't know it's happening, and yeah, mm. and it's all kind of just it's all just, it's it's all coincidence and luck and happenstance. But and you happenstance yeah. is that a word? Just say that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> look it up. Look it up when you get home. I'm not, yeah. sure, I'm not sure I accept that in Scrabble, but well, yeah, that'd be an amazing. That would be that probably like a forty-five minute word. Anyway, you don't notice it because they tie it around that. The, the, that's the bone of each um, scene. What's but, I've got to do with this? <laughs> but the meat is the jokes, and okay. they, they manage to make yeah. everything yeah. funny yeah. as well as exposition. That's my point. Yeah, and the comedy is the, the, the crust. 
<laughs> no, they're the characters of the fruit. Again, without wanting to keep going on about it, we said before that Keith is a great narrator to this show and how we yeah, can sort yeah, of yeah. Again, remind everybody of what's going on. This is all exposition. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but it's not just exposition. This is one of the reasons I love Keith because there's actually two scenes here that are sort of sandwiched between another talking head, I think it is, but ultimately it's all just a big Keith sesh yeah. where he basically says, you know, yeah, exactly. He says, are you still planning to nail Dawn at the party? You know, you've only <laughs> yeah, got a day yeah. if you want to do it. You know, what are you thinking about Dawn? You know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm not going to, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> and he gives us him instruction about, you know, the difference between men and women and how... I very tenderly explained to them that I will guarantee them at least one orgasm. <laughs> I can guarantee them. Yeah, guarantee them. Keith's moment there is almost like a little montage in the middle of an action scene, just reminding you of all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's all exposition. Dawn's going back the day after the party. Brent's got a ticking clock. You need to get a date for the party, or you'll be humiliated in front of Neil. Mm. Tim, oh. you need to do something about your relationship with Dawn before she leaves. Otherwise, you might regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of these. I think Tim's got the worst thing in cock, to be fair. I mean, I, to be honest, I think in a way, David Brent's a bit sad for like being that bothered about what uh, Finchy and Neil think of That's him. true, that's true. Yeah, you know I mean, he should yeah. just be like, you know, fuck you, Finchy and Neil, I'm not even coming to a stupid party. That's what Brent should do. That's, yeah, but he, that's true. But also, but he's not yes, secure. he's kind he's of too insecure. Brent, we know, he, would never do that. He's, but too he's insecure. He's spurred yeah. into it by Finchy and Neil and the pressure they're putting on him. But, but he is also. <laughs> He's been spending 14 episodes absolutely obsessed with sex and women and stuff. That he, he's so he's obviously so sexually frustrated. He needs a woman. I think he needs someone to kind of give him that. You've said it before, Dan. He's a lonely man, isn't he? He's got he's got he's got nothing. He's to about, kind of what 40 years old. Yeah, and, and he's got he's got no wife, no kids, blah blah. Not that that's all and he's matters. quite possibly the you know the equivalent of his his opposite number in the Office of America, Steve Carell, in the certain film he did. Four-year-old virgin. Yeah, exactly. Not that wife, kids, you know, the whole kind of nuclear family is 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 all that matters, but it's been established that that does matter to Brent. He's a very kind of conservative man who kind of I think I think that's what he wants. He's so tightly wound, he needs a good lay. That's all he needs, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? I swear to God, if Brent had a sex life that was that existed he'd be a different guy yeah. you know what I mean so it's just he needs a good shagging yeah in, a, in so many words yeah what he needs is a bloody good shagging it's true is that his main problem you think he just needs a good shagging I think it's one of his main problems I think that it would, I think that would settle his, his problems with women I think I think it, it yeah, but then I, I mean if he just went to a prostitute for example and got a shagging I think he would still feel empty when I say a good shagging he needs a good woman like Carol who's got it upstairs as well as when I say a good shagging I don't literally mean he needs a good shagging I mean he needs the love of a good life yeah the love of a good he, he says it himself at the end of the episode. He says you need three Not things. That prostitutes aren't good women. I don't want any emails. <laughs> any out. prostitutes yeah. that are listening. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want any emails. Yeah, you know, preferential rates in every word and blog phone. <laughs> <laughs> just put in the new, yeah, yeah. Just put in the discount code Finchie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Go on, Danny, you're going to make a good point. Yeah, know, yeah. He says it himself at the end. He says there's three things you need in life meaningful job of work. Meaningful relationship. Also stuck on the quiz. And also to make a difference. Yeah. So, and he, but all three of those, he says, like, oh, it's the making a difference, the wishy washy one. That's the, but actually, it's the other two as well. That's, yeah, that's such an important he, he lack, he, He's lacked both of those two because the job. 
he put, he put so much in the job, but did it mean anything to him? Did it mean anything really? No, but he overinvested in it because he didn't have number two. He didn't have a meaningful relationship. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not for me, thank you. So we cut to a shot of Lee and Dawn sitting in, I guess it's just like a mall. It looks like a shopping mall, like yeah. shopping mall, yeah. I thought it was the Harlequin in Watford. Yeah, I thought it was Watford. Right. Into, into, into in, in that same now. area where Ke- Kevin and Perry were shot. Yes. No, 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 no. That would have been Charter Place. I thought it was inside, like opposite now where um, HMV now is. I know exactly oh. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's not that. I mean, these places all look exactly the same. Yeah, they do. All right, all right. So they're up. So they're in a shopping mall, and and it's really sweet because Dawn is is talking to the cameras, and again Lee's not interested in the cameras. They're there following him around, but it's like he doesn't give a fuck. He's organising what looks like his own social life. Again, he's on the phone the entire time, just like I said yeah. last week. The, the, the production of the, of this documentary have, have flown him back. They've they yeah. spent had to fly him back to kind of like give him something once. Even if he, even if he's a bit fed up with the documentary and he didn't want it, and maybe Dawn and him have had some discussions about oh I don't want the cameras to follow us around again. He's still kind of stitching up Dawn in that, all right, the cameras are here now, so you've got to talk to him, you've got to entertain yeah. him, I'm, I'm not even going to fucking bother. It's like, you're an arsehole, mate. Mm. And, and again, yeah, he is an arsehole. again, this is one where, like, like with Neil, because the because this episode is, even though they hide it well, or plot, just barreling towards that ending that they've got planned, again, Lee kind of, absolutely no new ones. He's just, all the, every single scene that Lee is in, in these Christmas specials, is just letting us know what an arsehole he is, so that, we can be just be begging for Dawn to leave him and go with him. Yeah, yeah. they can't. They yeah. can't afford any nuance, I guess. In these, yeah, they, 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 can't, they can't invest any more time in showing the the, the, the nicer side. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Has to be yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I mean, weird. He, he bought a prawn and avocado sandwich like five minutes earlier, but it just got cut. <laughs> they just didn't want to know this time. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it was a good man doing a good. Job yeah, yeah. Brand of sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All those sandwiches he bought was just yeah. for nothing. You tell her to get a milkers out one time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the next show we've got is Brent come back into the office, and this time he's brought a dog with him. <clears throat> yes, little Nelson. Not little after Horatio Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. after the great year, and he looks, I love the way he looks to Oliver for approval. Yes, absolutely. Of course, again, once always, again, yeah. you know, the black guy approves me. Look at me, I'm so I'm racist. Oh, I love that. That's anytime, so I, anytime I mention anyone black, I've got to look at Oliver. Oh, especially Nelson Mandela, and, of course. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. that guy who we still don't know his name. I like the way even even buying a dog to him is an opportunity to prove <laughs> yeah. how he's not a racist. Yeah, absolutely. What's his name? Nelson. <laughs> for his patch. No, not after Horatio Nelson. After Nelson Mandela, the great leader. Who? They locked up just because he was black. Well, no, they locked him up for sabotage and conspiracy to overthrow the government. Ooh, racist. No, 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 it's not racist. He was commander-in-chief of the militia wing of the ANC. Yeah, we don't talk about that, though. And they actually advocated guerrilla attacks on public property. So we're going to shut him up? You're going to... I thought... can't believe... He's a great man, Mandela. So, great man, great dog. That's what we're talking... This guy, we still don't know his name, but he's the guy who um, debunked David Brent in series two. He's as always well. just there over yeah, his shoulder. Just, I, we, I, I'm just going to call him Mr. Debunk. Yeah, <laughs> just literally, he's, he's always David Dean Brent's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 alright, Dean. And it's absolutely what he says is absolutely correct. It is true about Nelson Mandela. Yeah, but yeah, 
and he kept on going all oh, racist because yeah, because he's ignorant. That's what I'm saying. He no, but it's like it, yeah, he doesn't actually know anything about Nelson Mandela. That's well, this is the thing. It's like Seth yeah, and I have said throughout the, the whole series. Story he, he, wa- he wants to be this wise sage. He wants yeah. to be an expert on all things, and he just get, he, he just kind of gets the facts wrong. He kind of these broad strokes of history. Yeah. So don't forget, Brent's not the boss anymore, right? He's a guest in this office. He's brought yeah. his dog in. People like the dog. He's not a guest as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Neil collars him and he pulls him into a meeting room and we collars him. Dog. I'm saying the joke works. <laughs> and pulls okay. him into a meeting and uh, has this conversation with him. And it, and it kind of goes a little bit back to the Brent dynamic we had with um, Lee, uh, with uh, Neil before. Space um, Mountain. Yeah, Space Mountain. <laughs> well, because we've got a candid shot through the through the blinds. Yeah, yeah. So pr- presumably Neil has said, no, no thank you. Which is where Neil was always on top for. Yeah, absolutely. To be fair to him, when he doesn't think the cameras are there. <laughs> but Neil has had almost three years to say this to Brent. Why has he chosen to do it now when the cameras are on him? I, I think maybe I, my, my influence is that maybe Brent hasn't actually been around that much until the you cameras think he's have survived. Yeah, I well, think, I think yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he's been correct. around that much. Gareth says he's here more often than when he worked here. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's popping in every every week, like two or three times. Do you think that's? Do you th- oh, do you think he's been popping in the whole two years, or do you think it's more like? Since the BBC cameras came back and no, said, I, oh, I, David, what's going on with your friends at the office? I think he keeps doing it. I think he keeps doing it. I think like, he's been doing it all along. Well, yeah. then the, I think it's got which worse is why, since the cameras Which came is back. why Neil's got wound up, sure. But Neil has also had a long time to say it. Yeah, that's all true. the cameras are it back. It could just be a mild inconsistency there in the plot. Mm, that's true. Because Jack's point is right. Because if he's been doing it for two years... Why is Neil choosing to address it when the cameras are there? So maybe Neil's I, doing I, it for his own. I think he hasn't. I think he's just come. He just started doing it regularly now. Okay. Maybe. To be fair, well, there's, no, there's yeah. no objective answer to this. I was gonna say, We're not going to square this. So. It's also. I mean, the, the true answer is it's because Neil, because Jim Merchant and Jermaine needed to have Neil yeah, say it on camera in the show. And further evidence also is the fact that Anne's like. No one wants to go for a drink with you. No one wants to go. Oh yes, you well, don't work it. That suggests to me that he hasn't been doing it that much, and people have largely forgotten who. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's the next true. scene actually, because this is the moment where we talked <laughs> about Brent likening this office to Dead Poet Society, right? Yeah. But this yeah. is the first time he calls everybody to arms. This is the first time he walks out into the office and says, "Right, metaphorically, stand on your desks for me, people." Yes. And nobody does. No. And the only person that Tim. has a glint of a hero, yeah. is Tim. Yeah, but that's only after Anne only takes a shot. To, only to yeah, it's only to get one over on Anne. If Anne had what's that there? there is though, a lot of those people probably won't even. Well, not a lot. Is that right? there when that was the boss? So just thinking, who the fuck is this guy who keeps coming in? Like, but you know, who, the, who the fuck have you? What have you ever done? <laughs> office management, nothing. So don't. <laughs> but enough of them were the uh, the woman who she wore she wore glasses in the first two seasons. She doesn't in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's really attractive in this episode, by the way, especially at the Christmas party when she James takes her glasses off. Sorry, Amy. You know, if you're bored of being someone with their own teeth, James is up for it. <laughs> oh, so enough about your nana, Dad. Enough for that in the last episode. Oh, nana. Off, off mic, we were talking just before we were recorded. But yeah, James had a real she's all that moment yeah, with that, with that woman in this episode. She's taken off her glasses for this one episode. Yeah. James can't believe it. He's, well, he's I was gone. talking to Ollie about I, it. The I guy who did the music. And I he was telling me about it. I didn't take my glasses yeah. off with I James didn't. around. I think the same thing. Yeah, actually, she's quite nice, but in the first series, she looks totally different. Yeah, is that what you said, Seth? Too, I agree. Well, it's one of those no, things I'm where like, sometimes you wear glasses and you're just like, bleh. you just kind of anonymous, aren't you? Take off the glasses. That's what she's. That's what the prescient movie she's all that is about. <laughs> Take off the glasses. It's like Clark Kent. So now we've got another example of Brent's night nightclubs. Yes, and his nightclub appearances. Yes. Absolutely. Brent, so now this time he's like throwing yeah, t-shirts yeah. or something out into the crowd. Yeah. Hey. 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> and yeah, and that's pretty it down to me, which just sums up that whole shitty like turn yeah, of the millennium exactly. era yeah, that's that's culture. That whole song just it it's such a it. wonderful shot of a bottle hitting him though. Yeah, <laughs> his yeah. Little, annoyed reaction to it as well is so good. But also, I love the fact that they get. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we had in the first, in the first half of the Christmas special, part one, we had this that, that two classic yeah. uh, club night appearances. But it's good that just in case you've forgotten, because it is the next night when it was shown yeah. in England for the first time. It just reminds because obviously this one's more focused on his on his blind dates than his club appearances. But they just remind us of one again yeah. to kind the of the like, turmoil he's going yeah, through. Exactly, he has to yes, do this yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just a reminder that they're actually they're progressively going further and further down the shitter. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like people literally throwing what could be shit at him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he says. Yeah. One look through a pair of Y fronts hit me in the face. Yeah, and I knew it was Natella or Marmite he'd smudged on the gusset. But it was still him going, that's what we think of you, mate. You're shit. Where'd you get a marmite from? He must have prepared that own because he knew you are on. Yeah. <laughs> he has his little meltdown to the agent and says he needs to be on Parky. And, oh, yeah. so All funny. the agent has to say about that is just giving him reasons why he should, he, he'll never be on yeah, Parky. Yeah, he's not going to yeah. be on Parky. Yeah, of course he's not going to be on Parky. And he has a little go at that, that poor old bloody radiator guy who also gets done in the royal family as well. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, these, these club nights are just Brent. You can just see that he's starting to doubt it. I mean, he when in in part one of the Christmas specials, so basically we, there's like a trilogy of these club nights, isn't there? In part one, he comes out and he does his waving. And, you know, I mean, it's a bit embarrassing, but he kind of, you know, all he has to do is wave and he yeah. doesn't go too badly. Then we've got the blind date one, where obviously it goes badly and he gets a drink thrown on him. And now we've got him having drinks thrown at his head. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's getting worse and worse and worse, isn't it? And we can see that like all of the kind of optimism he might have had in part one is just gone. And now, mm. and, and we've seen him just kind of like spill his guts out to his, to his agent. And now, then we see him drunk in his hotel room. Yeah, and this whole scene was shot with just Brent, I'm sorry, with just Ricky and Steve. Yeah, blatantly, you can tell, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is just, apparently, they were in a hotel room for whatever reason, uh, nothing untoward, <laughs> uh, and they, they basically were just shooting this thing, which was just um, Gervais on being the bed, having yeah. a drink, doing it in character, and just and this whole thing is just... Clearly getting increasingly drunk, he's, he's yeah. obviously getting he's, actually drunk, yeah, and, I bet, and I bet when he's asleep, it's actually him asleep. <laughs> and it's a little insight into like, Brent's possible alcoholism as well. This, yeah, the high yeah. blood pressure and the fact that he's sat there on his own drinking his little, you know, mini bar, little bells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a horrible whiskey as well. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> isn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's probably the most vile whiskey you can get. It's like his, his guard is down, he's had a few. And it's that real intimacy between, but you can see where his real resentment's lie. He's still bitter, you know, he's mm. still really bitter. Neil will make one too many mistakes. They drag him out by his hair, and that's when the begging starts. And then they come to me, and they go, "Well, oh, David, we've got rid of him. You're right along. Can you come back? You're the man for this job. You're the best man for this job. Will you come back?" I go, "Yeah, sure. How much money have you got? Because this is going to cost you. This is going to cost you." I mean, yeah. on, on what planet are they going to drag him out? This is the thing. It's hair? just that all of his his his. Oh, his, his what, what planet are they going to have him back as boss? This is the that's thing. His ideal outcome is that. Neil gets his comeuppance, he kind of reveals yeah. some kind of downfall, and they beg him to, they beg Brent to have his job back, and that's kind of, it's all coming out. This that's is going to cost you. In his, in his head, this is that's what's going to happen. And it's, so and it's sad. clearly never going to happen. And then it's got the shot of him the next morning at the roadside grill, sadly looking out yeah. on the road, with all the cars going past, yeah. and it's all just, it's all really sad. It is really sad. But that's in Jack said before about how in a in a TV show you sometimes have that concept of like the dark night of the soul. Like yeah, really before it all gets good, yeah. yeah. His lowest end. Before you know the dawn breaks and, and, the, and the light comes back, 
And this is his dark night, you know, this is his lowest day. Okay, everyone, it's now time for a word from our sponsor, which this week is us. This is a, a real sponsorship. It's We're hosting a real party in London in April. So, yeah, listen to the ad, jot down the old details, and hopefully we'll see you all there. Imagine a cross between Wern and Blog and Massive Arms, and you've just imagined The Office. It's the end of the financial year, and spirits are in the sky party. Hosted at Upstairs at the Ritzy in Brixton. Did no get an agenda? No problem. We have. You've got the office quiz. Get your teams together. But remember, Dr. Wankenstein doesn't get a point. Carpet munchers don't get a point, yeah? Is your current dating site throwing up any old rubbish? We're also looking for single people for our blind date segment. Message Wern and Blog on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter for more details. Is your passion in life dancing? Then get involved in our dancing competition. A live band will also be playing all of your favourite Brent hits from Free Love Freeway to The Serpent Who Guards the Gates of Hell. And who's heard of Chasers? Right. Well, we've got a Chasers DJ playing late into the night. So remember, 12th of April, drinks at 6, quiz at 7. Get your tickets now, £7 in advance, £10 on the door. Different prices for different needs. Check out the Wernham Blog Facebook or Twitter pages for ticket details. The really good thing about The Office as a show, though, is how we are letting to see this really tragic, depressing side of Brent and how we think, God, this guy must have determination of steel to put up with it. And then it's doubled down by the fact that he comes into The Office next scene singing Pink, up for it, really happy, really, really alive. And it's kind of like... How can you be that depressed and that sad and yet put on such a brave face? Uh, and, and he but he gets knocked back like, by Gareth, though, isn't he? Like, again, Neil's in his way. Neil is the so, yeah. in his way. Neil's made the decision that people it's, that don't work for us or who have sued us for £32,000 <laughs> aren't invited to the meal. It's a bit odd, though. He won't invite you to the meal, but he's allowed to bring a plus one to the party. That seems a bit... Yeah, but that's because Neil wants to stitch him up. Neil wants him to Neil wants him to look stupid, though, doesn't he? But where's Neil's girlfriend at this bit? Well, this is a really good point. Where is she? I don't bloody see her. I don't know if I'm being blind here, but after 15 years, I don't know. I can't see her. What are you implying that Neil's girlfriend's fictitious? Oh no. Well, look. Not only is she not there. Danny, high five for us. No, no. Straight away, straight back. No, no. What? No, not only is she not there, but he stood there at a party, and he's at the back talking to Finchie. He's so that, the, the, that, the that me. That, that suggests to me that things aren't actually going that well for Neil. Maybe he genuinely isn't the manager he thought he was. Yeah, but, and Neil, all he does for the whole party, we don't see him interact with anyone else but Finchie. He just but, sort of lifts off with Finchie. Which, 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 for someone who, when he first came into the show, was so social and had such a good relationship with his friends and it's strange, but like Trudy and Brenda and all the rest of them aren't interacting with him. You, have to, you, have, to, with you have to think, all we have in terms of evidence that Neil has a fiancé is Neil's word. Okay? Yeah. We have nothing else. So in fact, other than his word, and if you're not happy to take his word as gospel based on the character you think Neil is, then you have no reason to believe one way or the other that he has a girlfriend. Or a fiance. We're not taking this seriously, are we? Clearly, I mean, I don't think it's we're supposed to, it's supposed to be in any doubt. Yeah. Is it? He's, he's, I think he's, that's 100%. But I think he's clearly invited Gareth to the wedding. I'm kind of, well, maybe they had an argument. Danny, thoughts? A, a lot of offices explicitly do not allow plus ones at the party. So that's standard. But this one clearly does because Brent's been allowed a plus one. Yeah, but. I mean, and, and also. Well, maybe, in fact, maybe Neil was relaxed now that rule I think as a chance it. to embarrass Brent. What he's expecting, he's going to love it when, 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 as he imagines, Brent walks in with no date. 
that's why when he when 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 we then see everyone at the party and Brent and think Neil's standing there with yeah. Fitchy and so Neil goes. <laughs> so David, where's your hot date? On the way. So don't. Yeah. So, I don't think. Fashionably late. Not even late actually. Sort of to come down about half nine, ten o'clock. So you can. Nearly ten, no. Nearly ten isn't ten, though, is it? Nearly ten isn't ten. Neil is kind of just waiting, just begging for to Brent yeah, to come he's up. Just and waiting for the punchline to, yeah, exactly, to yeah, not yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Brent has been trying to hide from Neil that his date is off the dating site, and now he's obviously so stressed out and worried oh. that his date's going to turn up and not, whether she's going to be any good. I love that. He doesn't even try and hide it. So Neil's like, oh, I'm looking forward to meeting her. Brent is like, we all are. Yeah, he's not even trying <laughs> well, to hide the he, fact that he's he never let it slip as well. He lets it slip because uh, he's just so stressed. He's like, I'm not even, I, I can't be bothered to keep up the charade yeah. anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's party time, right? Everybody's, uh, the music started. Yeah. We've got another brilliant procession of songs. And Dawn and Lee come into the party and yeah, there's yeah. this really awkward exchange with Tim. Mm. And then he sort of, he can't think of anything to say. And he's asking them about how they drive, how they, do they hire a car in America? That banter's really forced in the name. And oh, it's so awful. Yeah, and it's... It, yeah. Perfectly with your white teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Dawn does a little laugh like that's kind of half funny, but then Lee's just kind of like, yeah. Well, it's, it's like they're on yeah. different planets, those two, aren't they? It's, it's, like, because, yeah. it's because any kind of banter he would have with Dawn, he knows he can't do it with Lee because he really proved that Lee hasn't got a sense of humour. So there's no point in yeah. him trying to kind of like make jokes with Dawn that Lee could get involved with because he's just going to be awkward about it. No. So Tim has Tim has when Lee's around. She always said it with a sense of humour. He's got that as well. Yeah, we see his sense of humour. And then of course, Tim then says, you know, have a word with this one about the illustrating. What's going on? I would have thought you are in the perfect spot. I mean, picturesque for the old watercolours. No, we agreed, you know, making a living's got to come first. Well, she can still do it in the evening, no? Yeah, but to make money out of it, you know, you've got to be good. It's Lee and Tim being the kind of like the the, the, the angel and the devil on Dawn's shoulder. Like one yeah. of them saying, "Keep it up, you know, kind of keep up your dreams." Yeah, one of them saying, yeah, well, "Yeah, never give up." Yeah, and one of them saying, "One of them saying, yeah, but you have to be talented, don't you? You have to be good. You have to be good. Don't you? Yeah. you have to be good. I mean, it's like, and then He's one thing I love about this is that, is that there's a few awkward moments in this, and there's another one in a minute with Anne and Taffy. But when something oh, really yeah, awkward and horrendous, when something really awkward and horrendous happens, like that comment from Lee. People don't stand up for each other in the office, and I don't know if that's just a reflection of real life. No, it does. It mirrors real life. Lee, Tim just sort of stands there. He's not, you know, in, in, in a sort of regular sitcom or something. Tim would have been like, hey, what are you saying? You know, like, or he would have been outraged. But really, he just kind of doesn't know what to say because Lee is still the alpha, and Tim's not a hero. And it's also, true. you know, yeah. as, far as, Tim, as far as Tim knows, Lee and Dawn have had this conversation. He's nothing to do with him. You know, he's not Dawn's girlfriend. He's not friends yeah, with Lee. So when a... when when Lee shuts it down and says, "No, no, it's, it's not happening," it's true. It's you not his place, is it? yeah, you got to be good. Yeah, it's not his place, exactly. But he's for me. Lee has literally he's signed his death warrant as um, you know, Dawn's fiance at this point. And that's it. When he says that, that's like oh, I he, don't think he has. He's jumped the scar. I think Dawn has taken this sort of stuff on the chin, and I think she'd be happy to take this on but the chin I think, if it had not been for the oil paints. I think I don't know. I think she Tim says that, and he says that, and it's like. Right, I think Lee's uh, fucked. Yeah, Lee's exactly. fucked. She she might go back to America. She might not go out with Tim, but Lee's Lee's finished at that point. Whatever. No, happens. I think if she hadn't got that, if she hadn't got that present, I think she would have just yeah. gone straight to the airport and no. gone back home. And... I forget about the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think. I think. Tony, your office quote reflexes are spot on tonight. I, I think. I think no. If she hadn't got the watercolor, she would have still left Lee, but just gone with someone else. He's kind of worn her down with those subtle little digs. They call it gaslighting. Destroyed yeah. her confidence slowly. He's not overtly been horrible to her. It's just subtly 
but persistently saying, yeah, but you have to be good. Like, just subtle implication. Remember, you're not much good and you're stuck with me. You know, so really, I think, it's almost like being stuck in an abusive relationship. Or, you know, I mean, it is. It's, it's, that is exactly what it is. It's a psychologically, yeah, abusive relationship. Gaslighting yeah. is exactly what it is, Steph. You're 100% right. And, and this isn't the first time he's had that conversation with her, obviously, because he said, we've agreed you have to be really good, a.k.a. I've yeah. spoken to her and we've agreed she's not really good. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, he, she, she's just gone along with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is sad, really. You know, really sad. People stay in those kind of relationships because they just don't have the confidence. And you know that, and yeah. you know that the three of them are standing there, and all they want, both on all the the Lee and sorry, all the Tim and Dawn want is Lee to fuck off and talk to Taffy yeah. and just let us have some fun. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, just which, which just, just for a couple do. of hours, just so we can chat. Which he eventually does do, which is which is at least nice, and then they get to have a bit of fun together. Um, Speaking but, of awkward moments, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you mind not smoking near me? Sorry? Do you mind not smoking near me? Hello, I am pregnant. Yeah, and this is a party. I don't really care about the party. I care about my unborn child. Yeah, well, maybe you should fuck off home then if you're pregnant, you daisy care. <laughs> what did you say? You think we care as much about your baby as you do? Just because you let some useless tosser blow his beans up your mouth. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> So this whole thing with Anne being annoying has built up and built up and built up and built up and now we've got Taffy, uh, you know, our villain from many ways. You know, he said some really horrible things, he's been real, really crude and he turns, literally, from my perspective, from a villain to a hero in this scene. The, the, uh, yeah, no, he still looks like a villain to me. Too. Really? I was going to say, I think, oh, I think, I think, hey, I think, I think, I think oh, the four of us I'm, are split in half. I'm yeah. team Taffy. I, no, no, I, I think, right, if it was just like... Objectively, if you just watch this scene, it's an absolutely horrendous and disgusting thing to say to a woman. But if you look at the way Anne's behaved, it's karmic punishment for her. Anne is a nasty piece of work. She's been horrible to David Brent. She's just a horrible, nasty person. She was horrible in, on Space Mountain. Uh, karmically, she deserves this. He probably, again, he probably knows that she's a twat because he works in the same building as her. So he's probably just thinking, fuck her. I mean, Which I've is seen, what we as the audience are thinking. I've made, I've made no excuses for Taffy in the past, and I think he's a bit of a nasty yeah, piece of work. But... This is karma, I think, oh Yeah, exactly. I this think, is I think this. If it was anybody else, I'd say he's being out of order. But Anne deserves it, man. Fuck Anne. It is out of order, but it's karma. It's, it's Seth, karma. go on. What's your thoughts? I don't actually quite deserve that level of brutality, though. It is funny. Like, watching it from a sitcom perspective, it's funny. But if you were there, you would have felt bad for it. Yeah, I think, Tim, in real life, I think Tim or Dorm would have gone, all right, Taffy, hold on, steady on. Nah. Yeah. No, not Tim. I mean, but the, the, the thing what I think is weird about it is that... I love how divisive this is. We've yeah. cer- so I we've, genuinely don't agree with you. We've certainly never... We've certainly never been taught to think that Taffy is any kind of like sympathetic hero True. at all in the show. And I know we always say, oh, there's no heroes and villains. He's not a hero. And, 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 and yeah, Anne is annoying. But what we've seen Taffy do, which is be really rude to, to uh, what's her face? Jennifer, Jennifer yeah. in one of the first episodes, showing the dog shagging thing, calling Tim gay. Yeah. He, he has been so much worse than Anne. So, yeah, to, to, so, so to be like, oh, Anne needs to get a comeuppance. Who can give her a cup of comeuppance? I know Taffy. Taffy can be the hero, but you know, brings brings Anne down to size. It's like that is a that is an odd decision. It could have been Gareth. That would have given Gareth his uh, no, little hero Gareth's, moment. I like if, if, if Anne had done something to kind of um, to kind of uh, 
you know, embarrass Gareth maybe publicly and kind of undermine his boss position. I mean, so he wouldn't have obviously said, fuck off, you doze account. If he got but authoritative with her and If he did her something and embarrassed her, yeah, then that would have maybe made sense. Like, right, okay, Aris got his, Gareth's got his little hero moment and's been brought down size. But in fact, when it's Taffy, it's like, right, why has Taffy kind of got a moment to kind of be the because, hero? And because, so, and, and as every time I've watched this since 2003, I've been like, right, so Anne gets embarrassed and cries and obviously Tim and Dawn kind of laugh about it. Taffy has kind of just been rude. So, I mean, what he says doesn't make him like a hero. It's like, right, Taffy's just an arsehole. That just re-establishes that. And, and then it's like, right, so so what's the point of this show? Who's the winner? Who are we supposed to be? Just, that's the whole point. There doesn't have to be a point. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> life. <laughs> exactly. And, and I love the way, like, Tim and Dawn, in this situation, they're basically like us, the viewer. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, just, mate. like, literally just finding it really funny that he said, Beans up, Muff. Beans. Oh, <laughs> Me. Beans and luck. <laughs> so, while this is all going on inside the office party, we've got Brent standing outside like a, like a kid with a Saturday father waiting for his blind date to turn up, right? <laughs> Brent with a Saturday father, yeah. Yeah, right? so she's waiting outside and, he, and he's sitting in the lobby waiting for this woman to turn And this ticking clock is almost right, on zero. Right, the ticking clock is absolutely right. It's getting almost on zero. And he's talking to the camera saying, oh, I don't know what she's going to be like. And then enter this woman who... I mean, she's a big lass, this girl, right? And she comes around the corner and Brent She's a robust us, woman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Brent gives us another half oh, of... This is the thing. It's almost the exact same joke, isn't it? Yeah, but worse. Yeah, Again, it, it, I think it's the same it's, joke but fatter. Mer- yeah, that's <laughs> right. And Merchant and Gervais's kind of like uh, obsession with with, with with taking the piss out of fat people has always been apparent in <coughs> next event. Yeah. And it's so apparent in this episode. Yeah. Like, right, how, how can we embarrass Brent and make, oh. give Brent what is the worst thing? Like, this has know. got to be one of the best gags. Not, not a woman with a bad personality, a fat woman. She seems, she seems lovely, by the <laughs> yes, way. Yes, she's right. right. She seems really nice. She's really friendly. Oh, hello. But this, it is a classic gag. It's one of the, my favourite gags of yeah. the whole show. Hello. Uh, all right? Yeah. Is Monkey in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, no, I was expecting a blind date and I was worried. you were it? No. Yeah, so, he's up there. Yeah, sorry. Rather than looking at her to apologise, he looks at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's done. It's too late. <laughs> so she's, off, she's off to find Monkey Allen, who's, you know, her husband or presumably a boyfriend or something like that, I guess. And do it, you two said you had your theories on who Monkey Allen was, oh, right? Oh, then he did. I, I yeah, no, sure. no, no, no. You don't actually see him, but at the yeah, party yeah. you see Gav going, oh, Monkey Allen. <laughs> I swear, After he's just introduced I himself. I swear one of you guys said that you had, you thought you knew who Monkey Allen yeah, was. No, and and you do also get to see Jeff Lamp at this party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Jeff, but, but he walks, but Gav walks over and really awkward he goes oh Jeff Lamp you're bard and he just doesn't reply and he goes, what <laughs> it's just the most awkward it's thing example so, of Gareth being a bit did, of an impotent boss isn't it really? yeah. no one really respects him extraordinary so Brent's waiting outside yeah. has uh, bared him some fruit because he comes back in with Carol and he obviously walks the long way around so that he can introduce them to yeah, yeah. Neil and Finchie and again, we've been conditioned to kind of wonder, right, who are they... Because we obviously, we know that he's going to end up with one final blind date. We just need to know. And we've kind of seen many scenes of him waiting, kind of done. And, you know, we had the clock ticking. Who's the date going to be? And we've been, maybe we've been preconditioned to think, like, this woman's going to be, oh, what's going to be wrong with her? Like, but how's it going to kind of bring... Yeah. How's it going to bring Brent down? But she turns up, and she's a perfectly... Pleasant, nice-looking woman. She's lovely. Yeah, and when she talks to, to, to the first people that Brent introduces her to, the people she he really wants to impress, like, mm. look what I've got on my arm. 
Everyone, got it. Got it. And Finchie and Neil, they sort of look, and then they just sort of look, and they're like, oh, as you said, Danny Finchie's face. And uh, Neil's face, and you just think yes, yeah, 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 brilliant. Everyone's everyone's on that. Everyone's loving that. And then they give us a. It was the underdog, right? Brent's the underdog. Yeah. And Brent's gone dark night of the soul, and he's gone through a really difficult time. You want to see the guy happy? I always thought that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no, no underdog with you tonight. And, and <laughs> the thing you see him, he just went off into the, the thing is, though, with Seth, Carol. You're absolutely right, Seth, because the thing is, this Carol is exactly the. She, I mean, I don't know how to describe. Every Brent deserves a Carol. Uh, do you know yeah. what I mean? She, yeah. she doesn't judge him at all. She's happy with him being Brent, and it's the first yeah. time he opens up to anybody about how he's really feeling. For example, he says. Oh, I do these PRs, and they're all younger than they're all half my age. He, yeah, yeah. This age thing is a real thing he's got, which he never admits to. And here, he's completely burying his soul fire, and, and she's, and she's yeah. completely understanding. And we've her. seen in the previous episode what he normally says to people, which is, "I'm lucky." Yeah, like, no, no, then, no, exactly. he does his PAs. You but know how much I love he that. Opens and up, he opens up. He opens up. Yeah. He shows her his belly, and and she doesn't mm. go for oh. it. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't go for him. She 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 totally. She like I said, she literally says. It's okay to do what you're doing. And yeah. that's the thing he's always wanted to hear more than anything in the world. Is that actually, I can do these gigs, take the money and run, do something you do want to do, spend time with me, let's go and do something. You know what I mean? And it yeah. is. And it's so lovely because for the first time we see Brent nod in agreement and actually say, yeah, yeah. actually I can be happy with what I've got. Yeah. And, and he's still near, he's still near, he still near starts his nonsense about like um, Oliver, the office black guy. She's <laughs> yeah. accepting him. Yeah. That's what. She accepts Brent for being Brent. She seems a bit sort of like I don't know what the word would be, but almost a bit naive and childlike, but in a nice way that really is really compatible with Brent. She's not like a complete weirdo. She's just kind of just got a little bit of something about her which you know processes Brent unlike others. Like we process Brent through a filter of awkwardness, and she doesn't quite have that filter no. of awkwardness. So she just naturally accepts it. You know what I mean? And that's what's great about that scene because it and it's so vital that. If we had just seen um, Brent complaining about the PAs and her saying, oh, take the money and run, and then bonding over that, we might have thought, yeah, but Carol doesn't know, you know, the Absolutely. true Brent. But he, he's kind of, I mean, he's not totally honest with her. It kind of just kind of comes well, out. But, 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 but before they part ways, she finds out about Headbutt and Karen Roper. She finds out about the, the, the nonsense with her, between Brent and Oliver. She kind of she kind of does find out a little snippet of the real Brent, and she's still not put off. So it's like that's a little bit of like a okay. This sounds like a bit of a silly like comment, but I was thinking like Brent would be a really probably be a really good boyfriend to Carol because it's been so like he's never had that before, and he probably would get really into it. I imagine it being quite romantic. I imagine yeah. he'd probably. You know the effort he puts into like his motivation. Yes, that's a really good point. He would put that effort into being a boyfriend, and I think he'd actually be a great guy. Yeah, no, you're right. I totally agree with that. I think once he gets serenading her, Seth's been without a man so long. Even David (laughs) Brent seems attractive. (laughs) 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 Oh my, he's a burning. He's only take take him up the Amazon. (laughs) Not with his pain. So yeah, I mean, this is the happy ending for Brent that we've kind of all all wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, and it's 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 clever that I mean, there's enough leeway that it's not like oh, so Brent's going to end up with with Carol and he's going to get married and they're going to have kids and he's going to have a happy ending. Well, it's just points life on the road. No. Well, exactly. Yeah, we know now from life on the road that doesn't happen. But Ooh. it's enough. His happy ending is being able to spend a couple of hours with a woman and being normal and having her. His happy ending is when she goes call me through the window. Yeah, exactly. the end. But, but that's all he needed. Like whether, well, yeah. whether or not the next date goes well or not, whether or not they kind of continue seeing each other, it doesn't matter. His happy ending is being able to spend a couple of hours 
being yeah. reasonable and acting normal and having a woman leaving his side at the end of those couple of hours thinking he's an alright bloke. That's that's the ending that, 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 that Brent needed. And he deserved well, that's questionable. But <laughs> I so. I, I no, I, I think he does. I though. think he's a bit. And all you millennials. No, 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 I think he did. But then yeah. no, obviously there will be some people who just go, yeah, no, I mean, he's racist. He's this, Try to yeah, the, the, the millennials. I would go out on a limb here and I would say that there's no one in the office who doesn't deserve a bit of a happy ending. Because they're all just fallible human beings. None of them are, you know, some of them have some pretty bad traits. Some of them are a bit horrible at times, but they're all just human beings and they reflect real human beings very well. We're all fallible, we're all flawed. And we all deserve a bit of a happy ending. And we've also got to remember that I mean, in the reality of this show, it's a documentary. We're only seeing what the camera... More than any other show, more than, like, I don't know, shows like The Royal Family or, I don't know, any show that's kind of like a fiction life, like where it's kind of like it's God's eye view, where we're seeing everything. The, 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 the Office is absolutely a show where we only see what the cameras are filming. So, like, even yeah. even, even Finchie, like, you know, we don't see what's happening when the cameras aren't on. So, like, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's just real life. So, like, yeah, there's no, as we said, there's no heroes and no villains, and there's no absolutely saying this person doesn't deserve a happy ending because he's a prick. I mean, yeah, behind the scenes, you know, Finchie probably volunteers for some out and works at soup kitchens. <laughs> well, you know, I can just, I'm just, just imagining it all now. Just on that point, you said there's no heroes and no villains. There's been no heroes and no villains, right? Because there's been, you know, there's, there, people have Neil. been shades of both, right? But when Brent comes back in after he waves Carol off... Oh. I defy anybody to tell me he's not a hero. Yeah, he comes in. He is a fucking hero there, man. Goosebumps every time. I'm like, yes, Chris. Why don't you fuck fuck off? off. Yeah. And there's that little thing with a football as well, saying Leeds doing well. Yeah, because if if anyone knows, 2003 to 2004, Leeds were really not doing well. (laughs) They were on the road to relegation, so that was a stupid thing to say. Fine, fine. But even so, he. It doesn't matter what he said at that point. Finchie was going to have a problem with it and trying to rub his nose in the ground because he brought in a lovely girl, right? Yeah. yeah. And David Brent said the best thing you could have possibly said in that situation, which is, Chris, why don't you fuck off? And everybody stood up and fucking cheered watching that. I guarantee you. No dog with you today, David. Oh, do you not see her? She just left. <laughs> Chris. Yeah. Why don't you fuck off? Chris has nothing to say. No, neither does Neil. The and they're just like, wow. That's a fuck off to Neil no, as well. That confirms that scene for me. It was confirmed, so I always thought, that Brent never really liked Finchie, but he always felt, felt like he needed Finchie. Yeah. And as soon as he's slightly empowered by Carol and thinking, maybe I don't need to just hang around with this prick who bullies me all the time. Yeah. It's like, finally, it's just like, you know what? Why don't you fuck off? Yeah. Because he's finally got the empowerment to say that. And it's he's a beautiful thinking, thing yeah. to see. Maybe Finchie isn't my foil. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe yeah. this guy isn't all that I need to aspire to in my life. Maybe yeah. actually it's okay to be me. Well, he's also spent, finally, I mean, even the times he spends with Tim, Tim's kind of only putting up with him. He's now just spent an hour or two speaking to someone who actually listened to him yeah. and who actually kind of he made legitimately laugh and, and who actually kind of like he had some a, a, a nice chat with. He and spent, he could be honest with. Yeah, he spent a couple of hours with someone who he actually had a nice time with. And so yeah, then, and, then the, and, and the moment they had a very good chat, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the moment she's gone, he steps back into the office and he gets fucking Finchie's just aggressive and he deals with it so far, and he's just like, know. I can't be asked. And, and Neil, Neil set him up for as well with truth. What a prick Neil is. Yeah, but Neil's left just as gobsmacked as Finchie. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I mean, this is the thing. This this last five minutes of this episode <laughs> gives us. The, the release that we've had, and it validates all of the angst that we've had throughout the thirteen episodes so far. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've got this, 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 this five-minute period where I don't. You could debate whether Taffy's a hero or a villain, right? But we have that confrontation, which takes the, 
he, he gets the ball rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. In my mind, in my eyes, he's a hero. You may disagree, but he, he knocks that back. Then, no, we've yeah, got yeah, Finn, okay. then we've got Brent, who tells Finchie to fuck off. And then we've got possibly the most iconic scene of that I can think of in British television in, the, in, in history, which is the Dawn being the hero. Yes. All I needed was the love. But hold on, we've got yeah, a whole yeah. build-up. So while while Brent's had his kind of like heroic moment, and we've kind of we've we've had this Brent and Carol thing, and we've kind of we're feeling really good. What we've had before that is the kind of the wrap up to the the the, the, dog, the puzzle pieces being put in place to kind of give us this kind of the, the final release for Dawn and Tim that we've always known is coming. First of all, we've got. Uh, Ga- Dawn and Tim having a final tease of Gareth. Yeah. We finally got Dawn back behind the reception. So she's behind the reception. Yeah, the old, and the old team has, back together. And, and then obviously Gareth comes over and uh, they, they have start, a final little gay yes. soldier tease. And then would you pull him off immediately? Yeah. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Lee, Lee obviously comes in and ruins it. And then Lee's like, "Come on, we got to go." He, and just not ruining the joke, ruining the party, ruining the relationship. Saying we've got to go. Like Dawn. And Tim and Dawn have to have what we think is their final goodbye. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's painful. This moment. I have to say, oh. you notice that she says sort of goodbyes to everybody, but she doesn't look back. And yeah. She starts walking, and there's no look yeah. back, and the camera follows her right until she goes around the corner, and she just can't bring herself. If she looked back, she might have cracked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's so wonderful and so perfect. And then we go from that really poignant moment to uh, yeah, we got Secret Santa. So you know, she, she's missed that, that's all wrapped up. You're going to say something else on that? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's talk sort of loads about Secret Santa. It's all wrapped up. You said, is that a joke? No, but Secret Santa's all wrapped up. <laughs> if she had opened the Secret Santa in front of Lee, I dare say it might have been a different outcome. Well, imagine if, if she... Lee wasn't sitting in the front of the cab, it might have been a different outcome. And imagine if she'd waited till the plane. Was... Imagine if she'd waited till the plane, or when they're actually back at, back in America to open up the present. Seriously, I, I, I think you guys are overestimating the importance of this present to the thing. I think she wants kidding? to get with Tim anyway. If she hadn't opened that present, she would have stayed in the cab this and is gone a, back to America. Absolutely. No. Jamie and maybe in 10 years. She, 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 no, she'd have, dumped him, she'd have dumped him for someone else. But she, she's going with Tim, whatever. The present no, she's is not. The, the present. Oh, the present. So. I think that's the, the, the tipping point. It was, back that, it was that beautiful tentament that... Tim believes in her. You know, you could argue that Tim was a bit cynical, like it was one last, one last sort of roll of the dice for him. No, I... it just proved her that that whole point. It's proved her that whole point. Lee doesn't give a shit about me. Tim has a deep thought and consideration and care about me. We don't know whether that ever works out. But we know they gave it a fucking try, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. I don't think Tim was being cynical. I don't think he thought I'm just. This is my last roll of the dice. I think no, he just I, thought. I think it, hypothesizing that that's possible. But yeah, I don't yeah. Think he was. I think he thought this is just. I want to give her some kind of positive kind of uh, thoughts to go back to America with. If this is the last time I'm going to see her, I want her to know that someone believed. Yeah. That, that you yeah. Could, someone could, believes in you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The people you work with are people you were just thrown together with. You, know, you don't know them. It wasn't your choice. And yet you spend more time with them than you do your friends or your family. But probably all you've got in common is the fact that you walk around on the same bit of carpet for eight hours a day. And so, obviously, when someone comes in who you you have a connection with, yeah, and dawn was a ray of sunshine in my life, and it meant a lot. But... If I'm really being honest, I never really thought it would have a happy ending. No, and come come back in ten years, it could be married with kids. Oh, that that talk, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, you're right. Next, it's, yeah. it's it's just such brilliant writing, 
absolutely amazing acting by by Martin Freeman. Yeah, brilliant. It just, yeah. It just, and just, it's so true as well, man. I so mean, good. How many times since you've since every, I defy anybody who's more than ten years ago. But if you've watched, if you've worked in an office, you probably had this thought as well. And then when you've seen this and, and thought about it in this context, I must, I've had this thought so many times about people I work with. I don't actually know any of you, but I spend way more time with you than I do any of my family, any yeah. of my friends. No, but the bit that always gets me is back in 2003, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a job. I was 16, mm. whatever, however old I was. But like, that's how I felt about being in sick form at school. And so, yeah, when you have kind of like, a, 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 when you, if the few people that you are friends with, it means so much more because like, you know, you, you've got a connection among the people that all these people that you kind of feel completely isolated from so like, I felt kind of I know he was talking about kind of like you know office life but I felt it about school life yeah no, no, I get that and then we go back to a shot of the party and there's a few people dancing around you've got the my wife and kids are going to see those Ben feeling grabbing another, another, doesn't mind his wife seeing that yeah, getting it? another handful we finish yeah, off yeah, the yeah. Oliver and Sheila kind of yeah that's really sad as because Sheila's looking at him and I think she does she dance with him at one point or tries to she then? sits next to him there's a point where yeah, she that's sits it. next she's sort of scooching towards yeah, him yeah, trying yeah. to get closer but then later on we see him getting off with, with Trudy, uh, Trudy. And, she, oh, and then we see her crying in the background and uh, also one thing I one thing I noticed this time is there's a point when it's like a wide shot of the offices where kind of party's winding down and there's some bloke lying on the sofa that's just passed yeah, out. Is that guy. Oliver? I don't know who that is. No, 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 it's not Oliver. It's a, it's a bald white guy and he's dancing with a few people throughout the episode. I, and I haven't known him before. I suspect that's probably maybe Monkey Allen or Pete Gibbons. And then we start the music. Now, this is the introduction to Only You from Yazoo. Yeah. And yeah. I tell you now, guys, I cannot, and I'll be honest, I cannot listen to this music without thinking about yeah, this. Yeah, this is it's and such I cannot, a... I cannot, think, I cannot listen to music without thinking about this, and I cannot think about this without welling, welling up. It, yeah. Honestly, this this is the uh, the only thing that genuinely makes me like t- like well up. Who cried when they saw this for the first time? I probably did. I, 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 I've, I've cried more than once on this. I didn't cry. I, mean, I don't really cry at film and TV. I, never yeah, cr- I, mean, I never cry at anything apart from This Is England. That's the only thing I've ever cried at. I cried Which at bit? this and Cool Runnings. That's the only two things really that make <laughs> me get it's upset. And she just walks in and there's nothing said and she just walks up to Tim, turns him around and, and, finally... and, then, and there's a sort of staggered in like introduction to this kiss and it's wonderful man and they just yeah oh it's so nice i i i, it, I can't even describe it is it the last the last sort of crescendo of this episode you feel so alive watching it you know there's so much payoff there's so much gratification there's so much reward for watching quite a lot of pain quite a lot of awkwardness throughout the show then there's this you know this is a real alive scene you know it's, it makes you feel alive it's beautiful I mean, this is the thing, and I think that this kind of like it proves that the real reason why Merchant and Gervais did this Christmas special is really just so that they could wrap up the Tim and Dawn thing. I think if it if the whole show if if the whole show had just been about Brent, they could have just left it at the end of series two, and it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, you didn't need to see what happened to Brent after he's made redundant. You could have left it on that depressing ending, but. I think they were probably, after Series 2 wrapped up, they were probably sitting there thinking, we can't just leave Tim and Dawn hanging. We have to wrap that up. Like that. Be, be, Don't be, leave be, me be. hanging, Dawn. There we go. celebratory tone. I yes. love that. I mean, it, is, it is sentimental. And I get why some people think, you know, I'm not quite sure about that, but I don't know. It uplifts me every time, so I don't care what you do. Well, I've got to be honest. I do remember when I felt when I yeah. first saw the episode. I kind of, I almost felt because I'd been expecting to see a depressing ending, and I, I kind of felt like I did when I saw it, and I still feel this about Breaking Bad, where like it just kind of it seemed to wrap it up too much in a neat little package, and I kind of wanted yeah. it to end in a kind of. I I I. I 
I was so used to the kind of the cynical worldview of the show. To be fair, like, I mean, he did die. I wasn't that happy. No, but he ends up fucking being <laughs> the hero, and ki- the he, being, being the hero, and killing a bunch <laughs> of Nazis, doesn't he? That kind of go the finale break that goes against the whole ethos of the show. But that's that's for another podcast. Oh, the, we're not doing a break. <laughs> that podcast. Fuck that. But but the, <laughs> but but the office kind of. I remember thinking. I remember li- t- turning this off on uh, when it finished on the twenty seventh of December two thousand three, and thinking, yeah. I'm happy about that and I feel gratified, but I kind of felt like, but like kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost too neat. It's not what I've grown up with. Yeah, it's not I what I've grown up with. It breaks I... the ethos of the show though, because the ethos of the show is that realism. And in real life, there is occasional happy endings. Or there is too neat nice though. Job. And it's actually not an ending. Like Tim said, it's not about endings. It's just about a moment where Brent's given a glimmer of hope. He might have made a twat out of himself with Carol next time. You know, Tim and Dawn might have broken up, but at least you get to see a moment in their lives where things transition and there's just a bit of joy for them. As soon as Dawn and Tim turn and they start to walk out of the door holding hands, David Brent has this look and it's kind of to the bottom left off shot. It's not to the cameraman, it's to somebody else. And... I don't know whether it's deliberate or not, but I, I feel think in like the reality of the show, it's to kind of like a producer or something. Maybe like so, that, but yeah. I, I, I can't. I, I think that this is. I'd like to think rather that this is Ricky looking at Steve saying, "We just made We just made television history, my friend. We yeah. just smashed that scene. That was absolutely perfect. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it may not be, but maybe I'm romanticizing it a little bit. But I, I just it's so it's so important to me that scene and that little look. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's great. And yes, at the time, I kind of felt like it was too neat, too kind of perfect. And I felt kind of almost a little bit empty. Like I actually texted my friend I, and said, I can't believe they've done this to the office. Yeah, he was I, like, you miserable spoos. And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm miserable spoos. This is the thing. You're I, right. Fuck that, man. This is the thing. At the time, I felt like the, the show was saying more about the world by being cynical. But now, I mean, I, I can now think, see yeah. that, like, you need you need to give people a happy ending sometimes, and that's why you don't need to. Happy. But I think it's good they did. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. This is yeah, they could have just as easy if they left it at series two or series one. It still would have been a classic. Yes, show. that yeah. last five minutes made this show the show that it is. Yeah, I tell you now. Agree that now. I tell yes, you now, yes. this show would not be remembered and loved no. if it wasn't for that. It's like one example of a show that you know ended depressingly and looked unfinished. Look at Nathan Barley. Perfect, six, yeah, exactly, perfect yeah. six episodes, but look at how it ended. Well, exactly, and it's kind of. Like, and if, if the officer ended after one series, it comes too cold. It would been. It would have been like another Nathan Barley. And all in all, Nathan Barley's really, it, really is funny, a, is a brilliant. Niche, yeah, but, but at the same time, cult cold. Show. Yeah, cold and a cult show. Yeah, because but, they didn't have that happy ending. But yeah, it's hyper cynical. How could Nathan Barley ever have a happy ending? It's not designed to say anything about happy endings. Well, exactly. Uh, it's designed to about life. It's a commentary on life. Yeah, on life, right? But I still think if they'd left it without because it still would have been classic. And I think this is why it kind of makes us all kind of. But I think this is why we love it now. I mean, as because as we've grown older, you kind of need to. Sometimes you need to just hear that sometimes life is okay. Mm. And even Jim Aizen Merchant, who seems so cynical, think that life has happy endings. So maybe it does. That's life is a series of peaks and troughs. Exactly. And 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 it's and it's nice to end on a peak and. Yeah, I mean, and then we have this talking head from Brent, and actually he he says, and I love how at the end of each series there's wonderful honesty from Brent. You yeah, know, in all of his final talking heads, and this one is no exception. He says, "How would you like to be remembered?" Simply as the man who put a smile on the face of all who he met. And yeah. that I think sums up Brent in a sentence. 
Yeah. He, you know, he thinks it's a humble thing to say, but actually, obviously, it's not. And that's yeah. what's funny yeah. about it. But it literally captures his essence. But I think it is quite humble because like, he's. Uh, that's it. That's not much of an ask, though. No, but I think it's nice that, I mean, we've said it before, he doesn't care about money. He doesn't. All he cares about is having made an impact on people. Indeed. And I don't think that's such a bad thing to want no, to have true. out of life. Just but, like, yeah. I want to like, have made a. I want to have made an impact. I want to have made a, a an impression on people. But I want to have made a... Uh, yes. For me, he's, he's kind of making the same point at the end of Series 1 again about how, you know, he wants people to think, oh, there's David Brent, I must be able to thank him. It's the same thing again. No, but this time, he's, he's grown now, though, because before he was saying, I want people to come up to me I want, I, I want people to. I want to pe- pe- make people think. I've got. I've got to remember to thank him. Whereas this time he's thinking. I just want people. I want to make people smile. Even if they don't thank me. And even if they don't thank, or even if they just forget about me, or don't notice that I've made them smile. If I've made them smile. That's if I've made them smile, that's enough for me. Exactly. That's what it is. Brent's actual philosophy really is quite nice. It is. It is. Oh, he wants to make people happy. There's nothing wrong with that. He's just, you know, the way he went about it was bumbling, unguarded. Exactly. And if you think about it. That's what he tries to say for the whole show. He says, even when, even when he's being a celebrity and all he talks about is like, you know, people like celebrities. Yeah. All he's thinking is, because celebrities make people happy. That's all yeah. he wants to do. Like, throughout the whole show, everything he does, every embarrassing thing he does, it's just because at some point, he, yeah, and maybe at some time it's because he wants the credit for making people happy. Yeah. But all he wants to do is kind of feel like he's he's put some positive vibes out. And he's quite open about it as well. And and at the very end, there's yet another um, stitch-up corner entry because, for once, he actually makes everyone laugh. Did that flash? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, just give me a sec. Having a bit of trouble here. Oh, I'm having a bit of trouble myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Betty, Jessica, the cat did a whoops in my beret. (laughs) (sighs) That is Frank Spencer. Mm -hmm. Oh, do it again. The fact that he says kind of like, oh, Neil, can I just have a picture with, 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 with the old lot? It almost kind of makes you feel like, I think he's got a sense of closure here. When he gets his picture and he's met Carol now, and so he gets true, his picture, yeah. maybe he That's won't it. have to come back to the office. Maybe he can like tip his hat, walk out yeah. of the office, and he doesn't have to come back again. Like he, he said, he's, kind of, he's almost like saying, okay, I've accepted this now. Let me just get one last picture with the old lot. Old lot, give me a copy of it. And maybe I'll, I'll be out of your hair, yeah. yeah maybe, and I'll be out of your hair, maybe. Uh, I mean, theory. Yeah. No, I reckon he'll be back in next week. I really hope not, actually. Because yeah, you're right. it, it, it's good I'd for like him to not think, to be. I'd like to think you got no, on with no, his no, life no, after yeah. this. He needs to kind of just... I don't like to think that the cameras stop rolling and Brent skips off into the sunset. I like to think Brent is very much still Brent. He still makes a bit of an idiot out of himself. He's still, you know, he's, he makes these silly remarks and probably messes things up with Carol slightly. That's what I imagine happened. Mm. But I just like that there's some validation in it for him, but it's not all doomed. Well, he certainly doesn't go back to Wernham Hogg in life on the road. So. No, well, <laughs> sorry, for the sake of, you know, just to be clear, as far as I'm concerned, that didn't exist. That life, on the road, life on the road is not part of the office. Well, Merchant didn't have a say in it, so yes, it, it, it's count. a different universe. You know, so, yeah. they say when they say something's non canon, like it's not part of That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It doesn't count. That's it's not just part Brent's of this opinion. Universe. It's just Gervais's opinion. And that's fine. He's obviously entitled to do that. It's his character. He can do whatever he like, but we're. It's, ba- it's fan fiction as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Fine. Let's, leave it it let's, let's leave it at that. But that's not the final scene of The Office. No, exactly. At the end of the credits, Please. we get Brent taking his mic off from his talking head, saying he takes his mic off, but walks off, and so we kind of get closure on the documentary format. You've got everything you need. And, and you've got everything you need, exactly, yeah. Even though yeah. he's, he's 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 given us everything. He's kind of like he he's opened his heart to us throughout fourteen episodes. He's given us 
everything we want. He's, he's kind of provided us with everything we need to kind of understand him as a person, to kind of get like an overview of like, in little bits and pieces, everything you need to know. If aliens came down to Earth, everything you would need to know about, about, about humanity, about relationships, about emotions, about humour, about tragedy, about pathos, about comedy... It's in the office. It's in the people we who have are... literally got everything we need. Yeah, we got everything we need. Everything out of it. we could possibly. Get, need. Get, 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 yeah, if yeah, anyone's... Aliens aren't going to know what they're bargaining for. They come and we bloody turn up on the shit with their bloody podcasts and the office <laughs> DVDs, aren't they? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> well, there'll be any right, back to I, I, I would say, given, given those office DVDs, you spend it's a better uh, yeah, take, of humanity than, yeah, than most. Take, take eight hours. Watch the office. And uh, you you know everything you need to know. Yeah, take me to It's so true, I mean, I, I I can't think of a, like you said in the end of series two, a better microcosm of, of everything. Yeah, it literally sums up. In my mind, it is. I mean, and it is kind of like. I would say it's a microcosm, a, a British. There's a cultural imprint on the office as well of that Britishness, but, that's upper lip, that Jane Austen kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's it's clearly made enough of an impact in like America. Bucky won Golden Globes, was nominated for Emmys for the Christmas specials, were nominated for for Best Emmy for for writing for a TV show. It's kind of, it's obviously made, it's been remade in almost every single country. I think it's the most remade TV show in the world in terms of how many different countries have made their own version of it. Uh, But but somehow, I mean, obviously, as we've seen from the American one, it's kind of like people put their own spin on it, but essentially yeah, boiled down to its essence. The characters are still, I mean, there's still a version of Gareth, there's still a version of Tim, there's still a version of Brent, there's still a version of Dawn. In these characters, they have found something that kind of like just kind of cuts to the heart of of the human condition and of and of what we and of, of the kind of the experience of being a person, at least in kind of like the kind of a turn of a millennium. One more thing, I want to throw a question now to you guys. Forgetting life on the road, Ooh. like you said, that's fan fiction. What do you think the characters are up to now? Are are Brent and oh sorry, are Tim and Dawn still together? No. Fifteen years later? No. no. I reckon they're split yeah, up after six months. Right at a time. Let's all have a little okay. say on it. Right. Tim and Dawn have split up after six months because Tim was too needy and just too boring, and Dawn's wife for someone else. But Tim is now a successful man. He's left his crappy job, and he's training to be a psychologist or something. Or something better than Wernerhoff. He's left that job, definitely. That is a cynical word. He's, he's, left the, he's left the job, but he's not with Dawn anymore. And Dawn's gone off with some other bloke who's like Lee, but a bit better. <laughs> and uh, Finchie's, Finchie's like working in some city sales job. And uh, yeah, married. Right, and Brent? And Brent. Forgetting he's life split, on the road. He's split up with Cal, but yeah. he's more confident. He's not going back to the office. And um, he's found another job doing something a bit like Wernerhoff. For uh, Lavkem or whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Seth. Okay, so I think maybe a bit more optimistically, I think maybe Tim and Dawn are still together. Nah. Perhaps, perhaps the relationship's a bit rocky, and I think that there's a few problems in that Tim has fallen back into his apathetic old ways, yeah. and he's sort of um, toying with the idea of going going to university. And Dawn's getting a bit exasperated with it, but she's much much happier in general because she can sit there and do her watercolors. Uh, she can do whatever she wants. Get a few kiddies under her belt one day, maybe. <laughs> that Brent and Carol didn't last very long. If I'm honest, I, I think that was a little flash in the pan of hope for Brent. There, it was a little. Um, it was something he needed to get him through that, you know, dark night of his soul. But I think ultimately, Carol saw that he was a bit of a plonker, 
and it wasn't a stitch up. <laughs> so ultimately, I think Carroll kind of fell by the wayside. Gareth, I reckon it's very much still a word and hold. I think he's very much the same. Um, I don't think a lot has changed for Gareth. I think he's just carried on as he is. I think Anne went insane after the comments that it's um, <laughs> suicide. <laughs> unfortunately died too. So, not a happy home life. Uh, oh god well apart from the ambit which I hadn't even considered yes. I kind of I, I mainly agree with Seth I think that Tim and Dawn stayed together no. I think you know it gave Tim, it gave Tim a kick up the arse clearly Tim Tim left had a reason to move out of his parents move in with Dawn yeah. I think maybe Tim Tim left Wernham Hogg but probably didn't to do psychology yeah. I think he probably just kind of got another similar job but he's just happier because he's with Dawn and I reckon they probably had kids and I reckon they're kind of like a very kind of normal comfortable yeah. family see I reckon that Tim and Dawn are still together I reckon they had kids and but I reckon Dawn came back to work for Wernham Hog yeah and maybe and they just rekindled everything and started it back up as they were they, they were able to and they weren't enthusiastic or passionate enough to leave and do something different but they were they were back in their comfort zone and they both came back to Wernham Hogg I feel like Tim was probably given a kick up the arse to leave Wernham Hogg I don't think he's got it in maybe, even with Dawn I, don't think. I, I think he does but then he probably just fell into a job that's similar but just maybe a bit no, different I, 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 don't think Gareth offered Dawn to come back I think Gareth Dawn came back uh, as far as Carol and David are concerned <laughs> I think Carol brought something out in David that we don't know about and I think that ever since he met her he immediately he doesn't have to stress about his life anymore. He doesn't have to stress about trying to be this and that. He can just be yeah. himself. And I oh. think that actually she would be comfortable with someone like that. So maybe I'm being too positive about it. I think I think I think you're all gross I think you're grossly overestimating the impact that one woman can have on a bloke that's had that insecurity for his whole bloody life. I think Tim and Dawn still together, I but I agree with Seth. I think mid maybe maybe Brent and Carol saw each other for a couple of times after that bit and he kind of didn't go anywhere but it kind of showed Brent that he kind of doesn't have to live more life the way he had been maybe so, women women don't fix men men fix men that's how I believe they sounds, sounds a bit gay if you're sitting there waiting for women to fix you you're never going to get fixed bloody repeats but listen it comes from within it doesn't matter Brent doesn't, Brent doesn't need a woman to fix him right? Brent just needs someone yeah. he thinks to, he does which is why he to be kind to him well Danny what a stupid thing to say what a ridiculous thing no, to say. Not. Whatever the external forces that makes She'll him realise... She'll get bored of him. She'll cheat on him. He'll Danny, be too Danny, needy. Danny, Danny, Danny. Whatever the external forces that makes Brent realise it's okay to be Brent is good on me. Do you know what I mean? As long as he's happy, whether it's been triggered by a person or himself, it doesn't matter. As long as he realises he can just be himself. I think that once he's had that trigger in his mind, he can relax. And then suddenly he's not the just the neurotic, like um, obsessive guy that we know. Actually, he can just go back to being normal and actually admit that they're all half his age, or admit that they're laughing at him. He would never admit stuff like that. Before. Look at this, fifteen years later, and there's four of us here, and probably the three of us are kind of like you know we've, own, kind of, we've got a positive outlook on life, and probably the one that's the biggest office man, own is the one that's just sitting there cynically saying. But the thing is, I'm, our own life experience is leaking into it. In all four cases. For the, for the record, let's be for the record, we're not going to be unique in this, right? There's going to be thousands of people listening to this who are all disagreeing with each other. Yeah, because yeah. that's what's so special about this show is that, and that's what's so special about these characters is that we know them intimately. And yet, none of us can agree on how their lives Sorry. are going to pan out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's one of the things that's so amazing about this And show. that's what's brilliant about them leaving that, it at the Christmas specials and we never find you know, out about what happens. Think, guys, I also think Finchie perhaps <laughs> uh, saw the errors, error of his ways and um, one day after 
cheating on some girl or cheating her or something. She called him and said, you're a right bastard. And it just hit him and he thought, she's right, I am a right bastard. And he became a born again evangelical. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> no apologies necessary, let's go on with the quiz. But... Guys, for those of, sorry, I should say guys. Okay, so for those of the listeners that were, no, what should I say? Okay, this week I'm doing the quiz. Yay! Yay. Okay, Last quiz. James is passing, so, right? It's quizzing. As you guys know, I'm James has done very well at the quiz over the last two series, Refreshing and so actually, it's going to see how he does at actually running a quiz. We also thought we'd give Danny one chance, to, yeah. like not have to plan a quiz for a week and actually take part. Yeah, because he was yeah. getting a bit cocky last week. How have you found Danny? Week not having to worry about making a quiz. Well, I think I'm going to do rubbish at it because I remember I've got no experience of like preparing to actually do a quiz. Okay. Also, I realised that yeah, when I was watching this one, I actually didn't really think about it in terms of the quiz. I was just making notes on the actual content of the episode. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Let's see. Okay, so, Seth, let's hear your buzzer. Oh, I need to smoke some of the that at home. <laughs> Danny, let's hear your buzzer. Sorry, can I not talk about my dead mother's breasts? Yeah. <laughs> Just a little, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love a little, yep. <laughs> and Jack. Yep. Okay, this is Jack's buzzer. Concise. Look at those. To the point. Excellent little preference. Efficient. Concise, okay. efficient buzzers are the ones that win quizzes. Is that what you're saying? That's that's my theory. Oh, well, let's find out. I always get yeah, to know well, we'll, yeah, exactly. we'll soon find out, won't we? Okay, so, question number one. Fingers on buzzers. Straight into it, right. Why do women wear necklaces? Sorry, can we not talk about the necklaces? To draw attention to their breasts. Correct. One point for Danny. That's a good one. Question number two. When she arrives at Wernham Hog, who makes Dawn a cup of tea? Jack. Trudy. Correct. Question number three. When Gareth greets Dawn by calling her babes, what does she call him in return? That was me, wasn't it? How you, Seth? Darling. Correct. We're just rattling through this. One all. Efficient. Yeah, exactly. Good. Efficient. Professionalism is... Quite quick fire. That is what I want. This is a good one, right? So this is... Uh, a two, one point for two, two points for three, three more. The Danny special, marks. yeah. The Danny special. Yeah. <laughs> the Danny so, special. David Brent goes uh, meets four women. However, you only hear the names for three. What are the three women's names? Sorry, can I not talk oh. about my dead mother's breasts? Yeah. Danny. Uh-huh. Gillian. Yeah. Carol. Yeah. Oh Susan. God. Correct. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Two marks I was hoping you wouldn't get Gillian. I remember Gillian when I watched it. Two marks for Danny. Very well done indeed. <laughs> of course I did it. Question number five. When are Wernham Hog having their new toilets fitted? Oh, God. Ooh, that is a good one. Oh, I need to smoke on the gusset. In January? Correct. Oh, Seth Bolton. Yes. Okay. Mark for that man over there. <laughs> okay. Uh, who... Oh, this is a difficult one. Who mistook Mel for Dawn in Anne's anecdote? Oh god, no! I don't know. I don't know. It's oh. Paul from Paul. It's named Paul something, isn't it? I can't just say Paul though. That's not. Enough. It is Paul, but Paul Wallace. Sorry, sorry, Seth. That's he really got it eventually. Should have yeah. Danny's. I've never seen him concentrate. I think we should both get a point for that. He no, was literally no, no. Danny's face. Danny's Danny face was literally like Ricky in the pub quiz. <laughs> <laughs> he was, despite, despite, all, despite all the extraneous noise, he was just focused on one thing. No, 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 no points for Seth on that one, my friend. Question oh. number seven. According to Keith, what is the difference between men and women? Sorry, can we not talk about the dead mother's breasts? 
men are turned on by what they see, women are turned on by what they hear. Uh, <laughs> correct. Another one for Danny. Danny's storming this. So just to give some... Well, that was the whole point of doing this, wasn't it? Give yeah, Danny yeah, yeah. Danny <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. So how did Danny do? Danny got, has got five, Jack's got one, and Seth's got two. Five? Yeah, five. five. How did that go? Yeah. Oh, because there was a, a two-part. Yeah, there was a two-part. Have you met the husband, Paul Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to do that, but I thought, nah. <laughs> thought it was too obvious. Always do it, Danny. Always Always go for the Question number eight. We're, halfway, we're literally halfway through now. So okay, seven. so someone could take it. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. I've got a little sp- uh, special planned at the end. So, so, when challenged by Neil, Danny, you're not even got your finger on your buzzer. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need to. I don't yeah, need to. Yeah, exactly. He just leans over and does it. It's all up here, isn't it? <laughs> when challenged by Neil, what reason does Brent feebly provide for being in the office? Sorry, can we not talk about my dinner? Friendship. Yeah. Friendship, not a reason. I must say, Danny, you are storming this. Yeah. Right. I knew he would. What catchphrase is. I knew he would. bloody would. What catchphrase is Gareth allegedly stolen from David Brent? Oh, fucking hell. I don't want to conflate the two episodes when they talk about this. Oh, fuck, what is it? Bloody hell. Danny. Looking blank, my friend. No, he's not. He's Even Danny's blind. Yeah, I'm not sure about this one. Oh, yeah, I remember I when I watched oh, the episode yesterday, it? I remember thinking this is very similar exchange to the one from episode whatever it was. I'll give you a clue. Go on. Uh, it begins with A. <laughs> oh, fuck. What do you mean it begins with A? No, the, 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 the word, yeah. The word. No. Okay, assume. it's to assume makes an ass out of you. I'm never assuming it makes an ass out of you and me. Of course it does. I was thinking that. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Nice I, it, I can't remember him getting, getting off Gareth actually, so I'll fail no, there. I Brilliant, I, I love that. No, I don't remember that bit. I remember the. I remember yeah. the same. You can see why you enjoyed this day. I remember. Quite fun. I remember him saying it, but I don't remember that he got it from Gareth. So yeah. There you go. No, I don't remember that either. No. Yeah. Okay. I do. There you go. Might might have to check. All right. Um, question number 10 of 14. So, who does Brent's agent compare him to? Jack. Oh, come on. I Bruno Brooks. Bruno Brooks is who correct. Is, who is Bruno BBC Brooks? BBC Radio. He's a BBC DJ. Yeah, Radio. Yeah, DJ Radio. He's a DJ, yeah. From like the 70s, 80s. This next question is a tricky one. You have to think about it. It's not just memory, okay? What time is it when Gareth tells Brent he can't come to the meal? Between six and nine. Oh, what time, what, do you what mean? time is it when Gareth has that conversation with Brent? You have to think twice. What am I going to do for... Five o'clock. No. Uh, four o'clock. No. no. It's, it's, it must be three o'clock. It's between half six and seven. Because he says mm. half nine, ten. He goes, what am I going to do for three hours? No, no, it doesn't. It, he I says, mean, what am I going to do for four hours? hours. No, 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 it's three no, hours. No, no, no. It is three Danny's hours. Danny's closest. It's actually six till six thirty. Because he says... What am I going to do for three hours? Because the meal finishes at nine nine thirty. Oh, oh. So, that's half an hour. Well done. And and in fact, it, I'm only going to give you half for that, Danny, because you you only you, yeah. you were oh, in the whole part. You didn't get and it was nearly ten, you know, when he when his date arrives. Well, that, that's what that's what I was, what I was thinking. Nearly ten. Isn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't run this quiz like that. Right, this is a good one. This is a good one. What song is playing as Dawn exits the party? Take that back for good. Correct. I guess. Right. Again, and we're going to talk about this later, but yeah. a perfectly chosen. Oh, no, it's sorry. such a good song. Sorry. Isn't it? We've already talked about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but perfectly chosen music. Yeah, because we've already done the podcast. Throughout, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. throughout the episode. 
Right, okay. <laughs> this is another question. All right, okay. 13, what did Keith get for Secret Santa? Take a dog. Very good. Yeah, 11 dog. Jack is pulling, uh, pulling back here. It's currently six and a half to Danny and four to Jack with... <laughs> One question left. Oh, yeah, so I've won. Well, no, 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 because no, there's, 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 there's a bonus round. Oh, yeah, wait, oh, what? Or was it going to be a tiebreaker and you now just still want to do it? Yeah, you want to keep it steady so I don't win. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to get this one. So, what is the? Uh, this is a, this is uh, assumed knowledge now. What is the answer to the lateral thinking puzzle that Brent is discussing with Gareth? Jack. It's that the doctor is a woman. And it's the boy's Oh, no, Correct. I would not have got that. Correct to Jack. I heard that. No, I wouldn't have got that. So, to make it sporting, I'm going to give Jack two marks for that. <laughs> I no, think no. last night when I was rewatching it, was the first time in about 100 viewers I've actually paid any attention right. to that exchange at I've all. I've heard it before on like, school, <laughs> school buses, on school yeah. trips and stuff. It's just ridiculous. I just ignore it every time. It's weird. <laughs> it's like the, uh, yeah. it's like the um, what is it, the farmer and the, and the fox and the chicken. and the, But that, that's quite okay. common. Guys, now, so that's the end of round one. Um, we've got Danny... Has one with uh, six and a half. Jack following closely behind with six, and Seth following up the rear with two. Oh, but two. it's time to play the sugar content challenge. Right, for the purposes of the listener, James on his computer has got a, a little video that he's made with a still image of all kinds of fruits pictured, which I'm guessing we're now going to have to guess pound for pound for sugar cups. Well, yeah. We've got blueberries in there, we've got bananas. I'm going to do a better recording. Now, wait a second. This is general knowledge, not in the office, though. No, it's up to you. Well, it's well, you'll see. Only one minute. Now, I'm going to go around from one by one. Jack, we know the lemon has pound for pound more sugar than a strawberry. Right. But what does. Does an apricot have more or less sugar than a lemon? What's that got to do with the office? Is this. Don't you know? So, sorry, hang on. No, no, no. Apricot, higher or lower than a lemon? Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what an apricot tastes like. Uh, <laughs> See, the obvious answer would be apricot, but then I'm thinking because it's the obvious one, would it be? I, I'm apricot, let's say apricot. Apricot, what, more or less? More, more. Correct. Yeah. Another mark for Jack there. Seth, uh, yeah. let's go pineapple, more or less than an apricot. I'm going to go more with pineapple. Correct. Yeah, it's got to be more, isn't it? It's bigger. Oh, well, pound pineapple. for pound, though. Danny, a banana, pound for pound, more or less sugar than a pineapple. <laughs> Surely less. Correct. Yeah, Pineapple's yeah, yeah, drowning yeah. in sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to Jack. Go on. So pineapple wins. This uh, is like so far, yeah. This is like a million pound drop. I'm quite good at these. <laughs> so it's, like, a, it's like a knockout thing, right? Yeah. So we keep going until someone gets it wrong. If you get one wrong, you're, you're out. out. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah. But what does it mean then? Then the winner wins the I'm adding quiz? points. I'm adding points as we go. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's all good points. Right, yeah. So, Jack, uh, raspberries, pound for pound, more or less than a banana? Raspberries. Raspberries. More, more. Less. Whoa, fucking hell, right? Okay, oh, and with that, with that, Jack bows Jack out. Jack is out with a final score of seven. Right, so Danny's going to beat Danny's you. Danny's already beaten you, yes, yeah, yeah, so this yeah, is pointless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we just wrap it up then? No, let's go. Right, keep going. Unless Seth could bring back. Right, so, so okay, so, wait, wait, wait. Okay, but so, so, so now Jack's out. How, 
How how far? How much far behind is? Seth to be honest, today? he's not. He's too far. I haven't got enough fruits. So, <laughs> yes, it is all pointless. Right, so the winner is Danny, followed yes. by Jack, followed by Seth. Yes. Well done, everybody. Speaking yeah. about pointless, it wouldn't have been pointless doing this quiz <laughs> with, with Danny taking part in it if he hadn't won. Yeah, so man, you nailed it. By the way, Danny, yeah. I have to say, on the final course, one, and Danny I'll, wasn't complaining all the other quizzes. I wasn't concentrating. I've been mopping up a little beer stain on the floor. You know, so concentrating. Thank you all for playing the sugar content challenge. Fight it, don't. Wow, (laughs) that was such a lot to go through, but guys, I can't believe it. We're we're done. That's that is the final episode of The Office, and I, 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 yeah, I I can't believe we're done with it, but that's it. So, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's listened, everybody that's downloaded, everybody that's subscribed, everybody that's that's shared or tweeted about us or reviewed us. We, We really want to say thank you for that. I mean, this really has gone. Yeah, bigger than uh, when we sat down on that August day to uh, to in, in James's little cat room <laughs> to to first record this first ep- the very first episode. I didn't think we would kind of get to number. What, what was our top position? Number five in the iTunes yeah, yeah, well, charts at one point. We've had over well, we number these, these ones, yeah. When this goes, when when we record this, yeah, but as, goes uh, up, guys, we've we've had over as we sit here now, we've had over fifty thousand downloads. Yeah, okay, which is just this mental. is mental. I, I mean, it really is. That. We're talking about a show that hasn't been on for eighteen years. But obviously, is it, it resonates with people so deeply? Yeah, it, it, it kind of it hit a nerve with people. I think, like, I mean, and I was shocked when you t- when you messaged me that day and said we should do a podcast on the office because there isn't one out there. I was mm. like, well, that's mental. There must be. So I googled it, and there, I couldn't find one. I, I was know, like, well, in yeah. that case, there should be one because someone needs to talk about it. It's yeah. been 15 years. It's on. I mean, it kind of. I don't want it to fall into cultural insignificance. To it, be it, fair, we had so many listeners and, 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 and great reviews and people kind of like giving us such good feedback on. And on we fed media. off of that, guys. It's probably what spurred us on. We've, <laughs> we've genuinely been feeding off of your positive reinforcement. And, yeah. and, and thank you all for being in touch and, and, and dropping us messages. We read every single one, we reply to every single one. And, you know, we really enjoyed corresponding with all of you guys. So. Thank you all so much. And if you are not already, just follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can drop us an email or, or on uh, wernandblogpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And we're also, you probably heard all these other episodes where we talked about it, but we're doing a party in April uh, in Brixton. You can find our event on Facebook. And if you're listening to this after the 12th of April, we just had an amazing party in Brixton on the 12th of April. <laughs> I don't uh, really care about the party. <laughs> Yeah, more about the unborn podcast. <laughs> How many times are you going to make that the same joke? It's been really fun, and I feel like I've connected with you guys as well. You know, yeah, yeah, connected with the show, but you guys as well. Well, so, no, Seth, you had the you had the hardest part of this because yeah, you've had to join us from from Skype every so true. every week, and I know from that one episode where I was joining from Skype, sometimes the sound cuts out, you can't hear what people are saying. Yeah. But yeah, you've been kind of like a value, an invaluable yeah, part of this. Genuinely, so, couldn't have done it without yeah, you, man. or any of you guys. Actually, yeah. it's all been good. And a big thank you to Jack for doing the editing throughout this process. It's not been easy. Right. I dread to think how many hours you've spent yeah. going through it and cutting out all of the, you know, some of the the arguments between me and Danny. Uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. And Danny for doing the quiz every week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And big thank you to. Sorry, sir. I really enjoyed the uh, fake quiz, fake uh, adverts that I did. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, yeah. Seth. Uh, and a big thank you to Ollie Gross as well. Oh, yes. Oliver Gross, who produced our 
uh, original composition soundtrack to the beginning of this podcast. The MVP of the whole thing. When yeah. we started, I was worried that we would. I mean, I, I just thought we need to get professional sounding theme tunes. Otherwise, it would just this would just sound. He's, he's, he's not a professional. <laughs> <laughs> if he makes he makes things look like that, he should probably go into it as a career. You know, probably be one of the best in the country. <laughs> there you not, go. Not interested. He's making a shitload in computers. Uh, and if you guys, if you guys search uh, on SoundCloud for Ollie Gross, you'll be able to find all his stuff on there. I'm sure. Anyone else needs a podcast theme tune? <laughs> yeah, we don't Gross need to find. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to find because it's gross misconduct. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> to you, James. You underpinned this whole thing. It was kind of your. You, you, yeah, it was your baby. Your idea. Yeah. yeah. And you're a great host. You have a good, good you, voice man. for radio. Good face for radio as well. But I just want to say one thing. This isn't the end for Wernham uh, blog. We've done our, we finished our kind of um, episode by episode breakdown. We've got spread the word. We've got a spread word. We've got some specials we've got lined up, which, you know, kind of, we don't want to kind of, we're not, we don't want to commit to anything yet, yeah. but this isn't the end. There will be specials getting dropped uh, here and there. Yeah. We will be, we will be um, telling you about them on, on the social media, so they won't just drop randomly. But yes, there will be things coming up. This is not the end for Word and Blog. We've got some ideas in the pipeline. More of these. Yeah. <laughs> but first of all, you know, we've got, we got Malibu's in Bratton on Wednesday first, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> All right, so yeah, I guess that's it really. And like uh, Jack says, we'll see you soon for some specials. Mm. Thanks everybody for listening and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Cool. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, oh. everyone. That's what you did last time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Merry Christmas. Everything you need. Cheers. Yeah. See you later. Cheers. Yeah. Huh? See you later. <laughs> <laughs>